Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family. We chose this one. This is episode 104, Hobbs and Shaw, lap 6. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Two. And this episode is brought to you by McLaren. No restraints, no limitations. They don't simply push boundaries. They completely rethink them. Shout out to McLaren. Shout out to McLaren indeed. Well, we are here to talk about the final Fast and Furious movie this lap. We are going to be joined after the break with Garrett Smith of the I Like To Movie Movie podcast. Which is a great title. Before we get there, extracurricular activities. What have you been up to since, I guess, since we talked to Garrett a couple days ago? I did one of my favorite things ever this weekend, which is I performed a hard mental reset on myself, which involves taking a bunch of acid and watching... Uh, planet Earth. Um, I spent all day watching Dynasties, as David Attenborough would say. Mm. Yeah, have you seen it? No, but I know about Jumpkin because of your Twitter. You, you've seen Planet Earth, but you've never seen Dynasties, right? Yeah, I feel like I've seen, I don't know if I've seen the entirety of Planet Earth, but I've seen planet a Earth lot is, of those types of shows. Yeah, Planet Earth is kind of like one of those shows that you'd put on like a TV, like at like a store to like show what a TV should look like, Exactly. Right? Yep. It's like, because it's like, you know, here's like some orcas and here's some, some dolphins and like, you know, here's some doing cool things. Dynasties, though, was like you follow like one animal and essentially like one pack of that animal, right? And they're like, okay, like this is the like alpha and like this is his kid or her kids and like this is how like that pack works we're watching it and the first one's about chimps so that they like come out and they're like this is like david he's like the alpha chimp here we're gonna you know follow david and like the people that are trying to like overthrow his dynasty and so they're like you know he has rivals and so they're like showing him and they're like eating or whatever and they're like "Uh oh like you know trouble's afoot so they show this other chimp walk up right and he just like picks up a branch and just like chucks it just like like an angry teenager you know what i mean like mm-hmm, you know like mm-hmm. like when like a teenager comes in like slams a door and you're like what yes. the, what the yep. fuck are you doing it's so like okay the chimp does that and they're like and this is jumpkin and you're like okay what like the monkeys names are david and then they're like oh and there's jumpkin's friend luther so like they named the monkeys david luther and then somebody named one jumpkin we're like how who did how was that a possible thing and so you know we spent like many hours just cackling it the idea that they named one of the monkeys Jumpkin yesterday. And, like, how do you even get there? Like, was it, like... I can only imagine that, like, one of the producer's, like, children was, like, look at that monkey. Like, look at him jumping. Like, I'm gonna call him Jumpkin. And then they're, like, but we have David and Luther. Like, we can Well, can't. I do wonder if, like, his name was Pumpkin originally, and then he just jumped around a lot, and they just changed it. But even, like, Pumpkin doesn't even fit with David and Luther. That's what I'm saying. Like, you can't give them two, like, real human names. And then, like, if they were, like, Pumpkin, Jumpkin, and Lumpkin, like, okay, cool. Like, I get it. Like, you named the monkey something goofy but no they give them like two like human names and then jumpkin that was what i was doing yesterday then i watched a lot of blue planet it was beautiful watching 4k very cool yeah yesterday so i recorded two episodes of high school summer party with brian yesterday we did the episode that came out yesterday which is his sophomore year superlatives the oh yeah you were gonna be the host he told me that he told us that yeah so the awards were out yesterday so you can go listen to that episode and coming out this upcoming monday brian is concluding he concluded cheer monday so he was doing cheerleader movies you and rachel were on Mm -hmm. that you were on a couple times i was on at least once i think maybe i wasn't was i on cheer mondays i I don't remember i I felt like you said you were going 
to be on Ooh, one. Did I? I don't remember. But what I do kick off this Monday with our favorite, Kate Hudson, we kick off Babysitting Mondays with oh. Adventures in Babysitting. So that might be a spoiler or teaser. I might have a movie that is a Lifetime movie that I might do for Babysitting Mondays. Just saying. Of course. It's not recorded yet, but th- there's been there's been talks, behind-the-scenes paperwork, done. think that you're probably going to get a Joe 2 Lifetime Babysitter movie, too. And I would it was expect a- nothing less. Fucking good one. The one that yeah. I like watched, incredible. Also, yesterday I had some friends who were self isolating, self quarantining come down. They were with oh, family cool. and then they came up and we were here. They were here for a couple hours yesterday. How'd it go? Um, so it was exciting to see them. That was Do good. You social had... distance? No, I mean, no, because we were quarantining. So we were, you know, both oh, you guys were behaving. Reasonably con- yes, we okay. were both reasonably confident. Actually, I saw a tweet. I, I retweeted this. I don't know if you um, saw this, but I, I saw didn't look a tweet at my phone all day yesterday. But very much enjoyed. It was, those who have stayed inside, wore masks in public, and socially distanced during this entire pandemic are the same people who are used to doing a whole group project by themselves. Which is like, yeah. I never did the whole group project by myself. I would definitely do, like, at least my part. I wasn't the kid that, like, mailed it in and didn't do any. I wasn't the person that would, like, take charge to do all of it, because, like, I hate that. But, like, I would give you a nice packaged segment that's my, I would do just enough. That's like the story of my life, right? I just do just enough mm-hmm. that is, <laughs> as you can attest to, just barely enough to be like competent. That relates really well. I feel like we should have like people of quarantine, like free free days. You know what I mean? Like if you get your card stamped seven days in a row, you're allowed to go outside. Well, that's what's like really annoying is that I'm going around like, the, okay, so I don't want to be a downer on the podcast, but obviously cases are spiking. And if you walk around. Oh, yeah. PA just reclosed bars. My mom just texted me and said PA reclosed their bars. And Texas reclosed their bars, mm-hmm. and Texas ramped down their capacity in restaurants and yep. stuff like that because yep. cases are spiking. It's frustrating to me as someone who basically, not that I ever really go out a ton, but I would be going out a lot more than I am to see everybody just basically being like, I don't give a shit. Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We just got me. bored. Yeah. It was like once the protests happened, everybody was like, okay, we're done. And it's like, Ugh. and what that means no. to me is that I'm going to be home. Like, this is not going to end anytime soon. Because no. we're basically, we have not, like, since it, rose for the first time when we tried to first flatten the curve we went down a little bit and then it has not dipped since then and so it just it just like plateaued we didn't like dip we just plateaued yeah we're not better off i mean we're closer in theory to like a vaccine but that's still not soon or no i mean so it's this is not ending anytime soon and i feel like it's very frustrating as someone who has like behaved home and not gone out exactly has behaved has followed been safe and not put other people at risk to be like okay cool so we got another what three six nine twelve months of this maybe oh, yeah. more it's gonna be it's gonna be a while we have to hope it doesn't seem like it but at the beginning we were hoping that the virus doesn't do well in heat like if you heat it you can deactivate it so they were hoping that like as temperatures rose spread well, would. that's not true yes that, exactly they were hoping like summer would kind of like make it that it's like killing like airborneness mm-hmm. so that and like if people quarantined if they did have it then we could like kind of you know tone it down a lot but you're right yeah it wasn't true everybody's still spreading it and people want to go to bars and and stuff like that i saw a great tweet it was a picture of a girl drinking on the beach in miami all of them passing around one bottle and then a youtube video from like the next week that was like how i got coronavirus and like what my symptoms were yeah yeah just behave speaking of twitter the other thing i'm trying to figure out right now and i got to the bottom of this do you know about fajita wife no what is this tell me i don't even know what the beginning of this you know like sometimes you go on twitter and people are talking about a thing it's like i don't know what this is but it's clearly something that just happened yeah yeah yeah. you're like you're not in on the inside jokes somebody references fajita wife 
and I search on Twitter for fajita wife. Sounds like something I want. And I search for fajita wife, and everything is just talking about the thing, and it's not the original thing. So I found out that this guy originally deleted his tweet. But um, this guy... Okay. It's so dumb. It's not that great, but like you know what Twitter takes and runs with a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love but it. This Go ahead. guy opinionated much question mark podcast. So again, the podcasts are just the, the worst of us. Yeah. At JSV4 tweets at Nicochina Texmex says my wife is a picture of his wife. It says my wife date night after three plus months locked up in quarantine, waiting for shredded cheese as it's, the, as it's the only way she can eat fajitas. We've asked four people going on 18 minutes now, just unreal at Allen, Texas location. We got to quit blaming hashtag COVID-19 for crappy service. Wow. It's just a picture. It's just a picture <laughs> of fajita wife can you send it to me it's just like this woman very sadly looking at her tray of food and there's like oh god full picture she's so impressed this is hilarious i have a fajita wife but rachel would just be really sad if she didn't have like 50 different types of sauces it's just her sadly looking at food like come on man i just you know i've been in quarantine i can't get shredded cheese it's like it's like we've all been in quarantine and like stop (laughs) Also, but you're yeah, at a so restaurant, you assholes. Like, this is the whole thing. Um, I was watching Superstore the other day, you know, because, like, I've been continuing along with that show just because, like I said, it's so wholesome and it just makes us really happy. One of the characters on the show that, like, had, like, left or died or I don't know, something. Something happened to this character. And they're like, oh, yeah, he has a podcast and it's called Celebrities I Would Bang. And it's just, like, two hours long of him just, like, listing celebrities he would bang. And it's, like, Meryl Streep in 1942, Meryl Streep in 1945. And, like, <laughs> it was, like, one of the... Yeah, I know. It was so great. So I was I was just dying about that. And when you brought up he was a podcaster, I remembered it. And I meant to tell you that joke earlier. So We have an email address here on the show, family at cageclub.me. And Joe, we got a bunch of emails. And I was telling you that as we were recording with Garrett the other night, we got a bunch of emails in. And a bunch of them have pictures. So I'm going to have to hit you up with some pictures here. Okay, so that means they're not all car pictures. That means there's some, like, sharing pictures. That's cool. So first email from Jerry Robinson, subject line 1327. What up, Jerry? Jerry says, Hey guys, just a quick email, but I forgot to share that around five or six years ago, one of my friends from high school went to the Toretto home, and here's a pic of it. That's also his Dodge too. Yeah, yeah, he got a charger here. I don't. What's that yellow building in front? It's not. It's not in front. Oh, it's, 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 it's next to it. Yeah, it's, that's it's, a weird. That's like a weird optical illusion. Doesn't it kind of look like it's in front? Yeah, the tree like kind of cuts like right through where it is. Yes, it did. When you said it, I was like, yeah. And then I had to like actually look in, and I was like, oh no, no, no. It's like where the it. side of the roof goes behind 1327 it looks like it sort of ends there and then comes down but i guess it goes on and continues that's weird i didn't yeah it's just the perspective and like the flattening of the picture but it's a cool picture i don't have a cool enough car to like want to take like a car picture in front of it plus i mean i guess if you were like living in california it would be a lot if you live easier. in california but like if we went out there we yeah. would rent a car probably so we'd have to rent a cool car or we could just like rent a really shitty car and like take a picture like it was ours our next email we got a bunch from him is from nick burris subject line caught up at steamy horn muffin ellie lol Oh, so Nick listened. First thing, back to Midnight Run, I think. We talk about pickpocketing, and nobody remembered Roman twice. Both caught, I'll take my cutter back. Cigar cutter. Oh, Ooh. that's right. I, I, uh, I guess I wasn't thinking of it like pickpocketing. 
it just like that's more of like general theft right but actually i get it it's related another roman too fast correction that i want to say is that we were talking about how there's not winnebago's in fast and furious oh but roman has a winnebago in fast and furious and too fast fuck you're right yep you're absolutely right it's one of those epiphanies where i was like i'm editing the podcast and i'm just like oh wait no like we're wrong we're both objectively wrong and we just didn't remember in the moment yep 100 percent. you're right nick says also talking about the brian's pillow scene it's brian's fault and decision because tanner says they're going to move on johnny unless you say otherwise making it seem that if brian would have said no they might not have hit tran mm-hmm. i get where he's coming from i think that was what you were saying but i still think that like tanner calls and like bilkins is doing this if you say no we'll stop it it made it seem like it was bilkins decision like maybe brian can dissuade them but it's not like brian's fault it's like brian could have stopped it but like, i think it was it's ostensibly bilkins, brian's bilkins fault because Brian got the information. I mean, it is Bilkin's call just because he's the manager. It's like he's the Karen of this group. No, you blame like you blame the 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 structure, like the person in charge, right? It's it's ultimately we it about is his fault. downhill, right? When we're yeah. talking about that, like they can blame it on Brian, even if it was ultimately Bilkin's decision. It is Bilkin's has final call on it, but. I think Brian played a huge role in how he was wrong. So Nick says we've been in a role with awesome guests lately. Keep it up. Well, we got another great one this episode. So just Garrett's stay tuned. great. Yeah, I agree. He says I love smoking the bandit, especially rewatching it as a driver. Some points though. This load was way overweight. They would have had to load the beer in the side of the trailer. Unless he just pushed each pallet one by one, they were not wrapped up anyways enough with the loading. That's a very technically good truck driver point i think we were i think we were calling on him right we were we were asking say like nick give us your truck driver yeah. expertise so he did he delivered yeah that's literally and figuratively <laughs> yeah. nice pun i like that that was cute he says one more thing when they took that turn in the truck in the fairgrounds the trailer was either empty or tape was sped up or both because that would have rolled over it was way too fast for that turn and the weight would have pushed the trailer on its side especially with it being liquid and way overweight but when you're bootlegging, just go for it. It means more to me now since it's a car slash truck movie. Yeah, the beer's heavy, man, and it would slosh. He's right. Like, you would get, like, a nice rocking from the liquids. I'm also glad, and I know that he wrote in last episode, but I'm glad that Nick watches along with us. I think, like, I would like to. Like, you know, I watched along for a long, long time with How Did This Get Made when they covered the movies, but doing yes. two a week, it's a, it's a big ask. So I'm glad that Nick, you know... He has he... been. He's messaged us about it, too. Takes a little bit longer to listen because he likes to watch the movies before we talk about them. So yep. he's like, yep. yeah, he's... He's watching along. Uh, he says, the paint jobs alone were very expensive, but in my travels, I've seen one that's painted like the truck. Oh, cool. With the, with the, remember the, the decorated uh, side? Yeah, with like the horses and stuff. Yeah. And then he says, I'll send another email, which he did, with pics of a little custom work on his truck. He says, plus I do cool. have a quote, Fred, that rides with me with this company. So I'll show you that Oh, next. nice. So it's the Ferrari Minute. They didn't break in the engine. I assume they redid all the internals of the block. Since they had the engine out, all that work, I would have done it. Mm, okay, okay. He says, my favorite band when this movie came out was Saliva, and I still like them, but they changed lead singer, so it's not the same thing, but it's a perfect song. The build-up, I just love it. It is a great song. The soundtrack is great in general, but yeah. He says, happy birthday, Joe, too, and happy 100th. Of course, I missed the watch party just because I was behind, but hopefully I can keep up. Well, Nick, he also sent us an email, and I already um, you know, linked him to the Discord watch mm-hmm. party channel, so that next yep. next watch party, he's already set up, so hopefully he, he posted can it. He was in there, so we're all good there. He says, the dating game was very cool, interesting, and funny on the clues and answers. That's two for two. Hector liked it, and Nick liked it, so I'm glad Yeah, that, that was a fun out. idea. I'm glad it worked out, too. The aqueducts are not in the movies as far as I remember, but the mobile game that came out, you race through them a lot, so uh, we were talking about that until Live and Die in L.A., because it feels like they should be in the movies, but It, it almost feels not, like it right? is, right? Like, in my yep. brain, you could put Brian in his Eclipse there, 
or yep. his super there, and I'd have been like, oh yeah, that was in the movie. Like if you show, if you photoshopped a picture of Brian sitting in front of his car under in the aqueducts, I'd be like, oh yeah, I just don't remember that part. And I still don't have a better explanation than I did that episode, where just like it just feels like they should be like we've seen it enough in yes. enough other things that it feels like it should be there. But mm-hmm. and then talking about live and die in L.A. Wow, cool movie, lots of twists. I noticed a sort of fast connection in that beautiful blue Ford truck. There was a roll cage. Mm. Might not have noticed it, but he had the guy handcuffed to it, so it was cool. That is very cool. cool. I didn't catch that. And the girl said that the stars were God's eye. Like, she didn't want to go outside at night. So we were talking about God's eye, and I didn't remember the line, but stars are God's eye. Cool. Yeah, that is cool. But I I did like the God's eye touch, right? Like, that's really nice. Yeah. Says, what to say about Lifespan besides I love Joe's voice. It made me (laughs) laugh. I'm glad you did it again. Because I miss little things, but how steamy this is going to be considering this is only Chapter 5. Hope you're planning Chapter 6 to this lap, which we are. You'll have another one in a couple weeks. Yeah. I'm definitely excited to see how Mia reacts at lunch. <laughs> well, we do. We get to the diner, so I have. So I, I read ahead. It's interesting. Yeah. Very exciting. So anyways, taillights, bitch. Four horsemen out. LOL, Nick. Thanks for writing in, Nick. I'm glad you watched along too, bud. So then Nick says, picks from my last email how to do on my phone. So this first email is, I emailed back, I was like, this is adorable. This is his Fred, essentially. It's Pippa, his road dog. Oh my god, is it a little Yorkie? It's so cute. Very cute. Little, yeah. Especially considering the next picture, he has his 18-inch extension shifter and steering wheel knobs painted the same. Like, just thinking about how big the truck is and how tiny that little dog is. Oh, you know, yeah. Like, like Great. <laughs> the comedy of, like, the, the disparity in their sizes. Yeah, I right. agree. That and then he funny. sends a picture of the front of his truck. And then oh, nice. specifically on here, he's got the little uh, custom hood ornament. Say, the, the hood ornament patched to, ma- to match the shifter. So, yeah. very. Oh, very cool. that is cool. Yeah, I like that. That's really neat. It's like this little blue car with like a huge header in the front of it. It actually kind of looks like the top of Dom's Charger, right? Yeah. And then he sends out a car picture that email too, which I'll save for later. But thank you, Nick, for sending that in. And then he follows it up quickly with, oh, and CB radios are sort of dead. Not as much traffic nowadays, but still some communication mostly used for accidents or the shippers. So... Cool. Yeah, I mean, because we're asking, like, it, does it still exist? And I'm sure it still exists, but, like, there's other ways of getting around, right? Or other ways of talking, so. I would imagine that, like, like when Nextel came out, it probably was, like... But he's right. Like, I mean, like, what can you replace CB radios with that would be, like, for accidents and stuff like that? I guess you always kind of need them. I mean, like, Waze exists, right? Yeah, but, I mean, like, if you were, like, a trucker, would you want to use Waze? Then Nick sends in one more email, and he says, Sticker placement says, been there for a while, but it's special. This is a picture of his toolbox. Let me see. He's got oh. a Tampa Bay Buccaneers picture. He's got an American flag. He's got Chris Kyle sticker. He's got a Monster Truck sticker. He's got Chicken Willie sticker. Right in the middle of it all. Too fast, too forever. Dude, if you're a Bucks fan, you, you fucking lucked out, didn't you? We were like talking Tampa about Bay. that. Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. You got Gronk and TB12. It's also cool on your toolbox. That's actually where Matt put his. He put one of his on his toolbox. So Justin emails in, subject line Braga. He says, every time I see Fast and Furious 4, I wish Braga was played by Luis Guzman. Every time. Oh, really? I like the dude that plays Braga, but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind if it was Luis Guzman, too. Yeah. I, I, I like both. That, that's yeah. a good idea. Justin also writes in, again, separate email, Blues Brother episode. What's up? And he says, a few notes on the newest episode. Thanks for covering it. Well, thank you for paying us to cover it. I mean, it's yeah, as for much on you it, as it is on us. I loved it. I mean, it was a great... I wanted to watch Blues Brothers again soon, too, so... He says, I totally remember the Wendy's salad bar. When I was a kid, I remember my mom using it when we went there, which I didn't know... I guess it's a thing. I guess Wendy's had salad bars, which is crazy. Uh, yeah, I don't remember one, dude. I don't remember one. I remember Pizza Hut, 
but not Wendy's. So I think you're right, Joe. The honky-tonk talk probably did get my mind thinking about that Blues Brothers scene. Mm. I've always wished bars like that still existed. They probably do in Wes's part of the world, but certainly not up here in Minneapolis. We had one that sort of did and played a a lot of country and rockabilly acts, but it closed up about a year ago. Look up Dale Watson, Joe. He's been around a long time, and and he still tours. And he owns a bar in Nashville. He plays old-school honky-tonk, Real fun to see. I'm going to save this. I remember two places that I did go to, like, bars like this was one, like you said, Nashville. I'm not, like, a country music... Actually, you know what? When we went to Nashville, I happened to be there during the Country Music Awards. Did you remember that? Did I tell you that? I don't think so. So they were having the Country Music Awards in Nashville, and, like, we happened to have, like, a work conference in Nashville at the exact same time. How mm-hmm. those ever aligned, I have no idea. It means that somebody messed up. But, I mean, the conference wasn't too big. It wasn't, like, my normal huge work conference. It was, like, in a hotel, like, in the ballroom type things, right? But, like, the first two nights we were there, it was, like, the Country Music Awards, so everybody was, like, the bars were just slammed on Broadway there and everybody was like trying to like get into a bar to see if like Taylor right. Swift would perform there or something right and I was like oh god I'm just staying away from this probably, it probably would have been a lot of fun I mean it would have been crowded but it probably would have been a lot of fun yes it would have been I, fun. I guess it depends on what you're looking for if you just want like a if you just want to drink and just not deal with people that's not where you want to be exactly and like I'm like I even like we said like I like the honky tonk kind of music so drinking at a bar there is fun but then if there's like a million people and you know they're all wooing I don't want to be there. So I would just go to bars that were like a little bit outside of like the main strip of Nashville. And I had a wonderful time and there was always live music there too, because like, you know, the main acts like from the Nashville part kind of got like pushed. Dallas has a lot of fun, like honky tonks kind of bars too. Justin continues. One of my favorite parts of Blues Brothers is the final chase when they reach downtown Chicago. They go driving through Lower Wacker Drive. It's the underground part of the chase. Mm -hmm. Those who don't know about it, Lower Wacker is the grid of streets below downtown that allowed delivery vehicles to access the skyscrapers. Ah. Most Chicagoans are afraid of driving down there. One, because of all the homeless people, and two, because it's easy to get lost. He says, maybe not now, but I didn't have Google Maps back then. But also, like, I don't know if you get great cell service down underneath, right? Like, if you no. can't access the satellite, Google Maps doesn't help. Yeah, exactly. And it kind of reminds me of Bo- – have you ever driven to Boston or through Boston? No, I've driven up t- – into Massachusetts, but I've taken a train from wherever I wound up into Boston. I've never actually driven in Boston. Like, when you come into Boston, like, if you're driving up 95 like we do, there's, like, a part, like, as you're coming into Boston, it's, like, one of the most hectic, chaotic places to drive because it's the same, kind of same deal that you're, like, under this bridge, like, you're under the road, right? So, like, you get no GPS service and all the, like, exits are, like, immediate, and if you miss one, you turn, like, you have to go all the way down and around and come back because somehow you can't, like, cut back through the city. That's what that freaks me out about, and I always hate driving in Boston, so I'm sure that I would hate driving in this Chicago underground road place, too. When I lived there, I used it all the time, and if you knew what you were doing, you could drive through in rush hour and get from one side of downtown to the other super fast. In the first Sounds cool. Christian Bale Batman movie, so I guess Batman Begins, mm-hmm. they filmed a bunch of scenes down there. I remember it made the news because someone crashed into the Batmobile during filming. Oh, God. Also, there was a great story of a homeless guy who had built an apartment in one of the lift bridges with electricity and everything. It oh, was that a bridge is really just cool. like the one they had in Too Fast. He had meticulously strapped everything down so it would remain in place when the bridge would open for the boats. People were really upset when it was discovered and he was kicked out. I mean, I think at that point you get like squatters' rights, right? Like, I would think so. If he built it all up and had electricity and shit, I'd be like, you know what, bud, you won. Eminent domain here. Like, yeah. this is yours now. I also do like him, st- like, the idea of him strapping everything down, like, reminds me of, like, 
a movie or a TV show or a music video where like the stage, like the camera rotates, like Inception, where like everything <laughs> is like tied down because like the whole you're always walking on the ground, but like as Joseph Gordon Levitt is like running up the wall to like fight the guy or whatever, yeah. like that's always where the bottom of the moving set is. If there's like a table there in the hallway of the hotel and there's like flowers and a phone or whatever like they're just like glued down or whatever mm-hmm. there so i'm just thinking like the guy being like oh yeah like this is my stuff but i need to strap it all down so that when the bridge opens you know it doesn't all slide down to the bottom what you were saying that all it reminded me of was the um jamiroquai virtual insanity music video mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. what i was thinking of when you were just describing that and then he ends it with lastly about neptune's net ash trays i checked my photos from when i was there in 2015 Ooh. if you zoom in there are none they appear to have been replaced with pigeon spikes. I bet they went away with California's smoking bans in the early 2000s. Oh, cool. Okay, so yeah, Justin Justin sends us a picture, and yeah, he doesn't have the ashtrays that kind of like bookend the table like we were talking about. Yeah, it would track. I just, I can't even find any pictures of if they were ashtrays. I'm assuming that they're ashtrays, right? Did we kind of come to that conclusion? I don't have a better answer. I think I, if it's not ashtrays, I don't know what it could be. So I'm exactly. happy saying it's ashtrays. Okay, cool. That's the kind of answer that I'm getting to, too. Would, when did Justin say this was? I think he said 2015, so fairly recently. Fairly but recently. But if he said you know, smoking bands in the early 2000s, which would make sense, like maybe this movie was one of the last relics that captured the ashtrays. Ashtrays, yeah. you know, immortalized them on screen. R.I.P. Everybody smoking in bars. I miss it's it. still crazy to me to like watch a movie from back then and like see people like smoking on airplanes or just anywhere. Just oh, like oh, we were airplanes so freaks me out in a bar. Like come on, man. People asking like, do you want to sit in the smoking section or the non-smoking section on the plane? It's like we're in an enclosed space, right? Like all, <laughs> we're all gonna get the smoke, right? Like it's not. <laughs> yeah, food places freak me out. I don't think the restaurant should sell you. But if you serve just alcohol, like why not, man? I don't know how it's possible. There are still places. There's a, there's at least one bar in Philly that allows smoking. And when I went Here on like, a bar crawl. A couple years ago with friends, we went to one of those. I was like, this is disgusting. Like, why? Like, <laughs> I don't smoke. Like, if you don't smoke, there's zero reason why you would want to be in one of those places. I don't remember if anybody in my group even smoked, but I don't remember any of them smoking. Like, it was just like a bar to go to to be like, hey, we went to the smoking bar. But it's like, yeah, this sucks. Like, why? I don't want to be here. <laughs> yeah, but if you are a smoker, okay, the thing that pisses me off is that, like, you can ban smoking, right? And, like, you can kind of do it in California where it's, like, warm out, so, like, you can go outside most of the time. In Pittsburgh, in February, what the fuck am I going to do? Like, that's just ter- I mean, like, not even that I would smoke in the house either, so that, I guess, yeah. I'm not a smoker anymore, but it's still frustrating. I'm like, I think you should do it. It's it kind of, it's like a vice goes hand in hand. I feel like it's more of like a, a principles thing than anything else for me right now. And it doesn't need to be every bar. Like I, you, I don't think that like every bar should like mandatorily have smoking. I'm saying that like, if you want to, you should be like, this is a bar. We just serve beer and alcohol. Like you can smoke in here. And then if people don't want to show up because they hate smoking, fine. It's, just yeah. your, your call. Our next email is from Alex Ellen in subject line $25 for a whole lap, question mark. He says, the fuck Alex lap. Just all the shit you guys have said is not worth watching. <laughs> Heard you guys were talking shit about friends, huh? Well, there's 236 episodes <laughs> to cover for a lap. Just like one episode of Friends. He says, no, I'm fucking with you, maybe. But Joe, I'm sorry to hear about your dad and your parents' dog. Actually, before we get to the heavy part of the email, it's not $25 for a lap. It's $25 a month. True. Basically, a lap spans three or four months. It's like $100, which is still, it's a, I mean, it's a stupid amount of money. We know that. Yes. Like, yeah. considering you're also picking 30 things, Yeah. it's a lot different than picking like nine things, right? Like, it's a major difference, but... Yeah. Yeah. Says, Joe, I'm sorry to hear about your dad and your parents' dog, but I'm glad your pops is doing better now. 
He's he's pretty good. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it, bud. He says, I'm about the same age as you guys, and we're at the age where we're coming to terms with our por- parents' mortalities, and it mm-hmm. sucks. My thoughts are with you, bud. Yeah, that I think that was probably, like, the part of it that shook me up the most, is just, like, gripping the fact of that, like, I don't know. I've always, like, imagined my parents being like a little bit older than me but like not old right so that's something that's hard to deal with so i thought i could help cheer you up with pictures of my pup because what better way to honor cute dogs than by pictures of more cute dogs this is nova the hippo oh what a bean i love pit bulls man they're really cute like i always told rachel if we got a dog the list is like rottweiler doberman or pitbull those are like the three dogs i would get her like a nice big dog that just loves her i don't even care if the dog doesn't like me i just wanted to like really only protect rachel i would definitely get a pit bull and this is a cute one too i like that the, in the first picture it looks like he's a vikings fan oh because he got the, like the little the, the horns, the horns. On the helmet yeah mm-hmm. yeah that is cute i like it thank you alex for writing in our thank last you, email from west hampton subject line episode 100 and blues brothers what up fam what up wes how are you doing bud says really good last few episodes glad to hear everything is going relatively well for you joe after your thank crazy you. stressful week Thank you, thank you, thank you. We've had some real ups and downs this past week as well, and now we have to drive out to Arizona for about a week to deal with some family stuff. We're going from one hot spot to another, so that's both exciting and terrifying. <laughs> Wish us luck! COVID hotspots, I'm sure. Yep. Hang in there. I hope everything works out good for you, too. Hopefully, that I can share a little bit of my everything worked out good karma with you. I'll send some good vibes your way. That's funny that you're going from one hot spot to the other, though. <laughs> Yeah, Texas to Arizona. It reminds me of a David Cross joke where he talks about moving from Atlanta to Boston and about how, like, both cities are incredibly racist. He's like, it's like from out of the frying pan and into the other frying pan. It's just like, they're not better, it's just differently racist. So it's like, it's not better, it's just differently COVID. Yeah. <laughs> I like um, that. So in the meantime, I figured I should get my email in now so it doesn't stack up too much. Here are my notes. Okay. You talked about how the series shifts around the fourth movie and that new fans could pick up from there because it kind of erases one, but I disagree. I think one is still a necessary watch because it sets up the relationships in the movie. And if you look at the plot, four is actually very similar to two. They're both about mm. Brian and a partner with whom he shares a complicated past going undercover as racers to catch a drug lord. That's a high-level view of it, but the main difference is the tone and the motivations of the characters, but it really feels like 4 would have been the more natural sequel to 1. Brian's arc would have made more sense for sure. Going from cop to wanted criminal to FBI is a weird jump, but I always wondered why he ran after 1 instead of telling the FBI he was chasing Dom, there was an accident, Dom overpowered him and took his car, which would have made Brian sense. was trying to arrest him. Yeah, absolutely. That would have made total sense. I, I, I like that. And I agree. I think that the point is more like you could start with four, not that you could skip one. Right. Because I think because I think we would agree, and even though we like two, like if there's one to skip, it's two. And if there's another one to skip, it's three. Like you Exactly. Don't That's my point. Yep. 100%. I think to a certain extent, I think I would stick by my guns that I think you can kind of skip one, but you can... You can skip it less than you could two or three. I don't think that you could fully skip it. I'm just saying you could start with four. You could probably go like four, five, six, and then go like one, seven. That would be weird. Okay, maybe, maybe. Wes says, Brian would have been in trouble, but it's not an unbelievable story. Anyway, I've often wondered if this was based on the original script for Too Fast that they wrote with Dom still involved. So think about that the next time you watch it and let me know what you think. Interesting. But I mean, really, when when will we ever watch Too Fast again? I don't think we have any plans for that. <laughs> Wes is 100% right. Brian could just light his way out of the end of one. 
He didn't need to run away. Just like it's a remake of Point Break, he doesn't want to be a cop at the end, right? Like he runs away on purpose. Like he runs away because he does. He want. He wants out of that life. And it also kind of makes to make more sense that they like have to like come kind of get him. You know what I mean? That they're like, no, you have to be a cop again, or like yeah. confront yeah. that you're dealing with this, and then then he gets back into the cop lifestyle. So in that sense, yeah, it kind of makes more. It's it's better that way. But two and three are kind of, you know, you could skip them if you want it. Like, if they just went straight to four, he's right. He says, you guys, that Fast and Furious Hall of Fame was the hardest thing I've ever had to vote for in my life, but Ooh. I did it. And if you have not voted yet, cageclub.me slash bracket. There's only a couple more weeks to vote. We're going to announce the winners on the first episode, lap seven, episode one, the Fast and the Furious. So very soon. Very I think soon. the beginning of... Maybe the end of July? I don't remember. I could look at a calendar. I'm not going to. Actually, let's look at the calendar. We're going to reveal it on July 21st. So I think like mid-July, you have a couple more weeks, but not that much more time. Go vote. Cageclub.me slash bracket. I wonder which one's hung them up, but it's all difficult choices. So I think it's more like the cumulative, like it all hangs each other up, right? Because it's like, I don't know what to not vote for. I think so, too. says, Joey, I'm with you. I also have a habit of looking in people's windows if we're walking around somewhere and their windows are open. I'm usually just trying to see if I can guess what they're watching, which is basically what I'm doing. Like, can I recognize it? Do I like it? Will I judge them? On that sense that I leave my blinds up a lot, and I always wonder if people are doing the same to me, because, like, I have a a pretty big TV. And 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 like my TV, it's angled toward the window, kind of. Yep, 100%. That's what I was about Mm -hmm. to say. Yep. He says, my proudest moment was walking downtown past a small block of condos, and I caught a glimpse of a TV on the third or fourth floor from across the street. I saw like half a second of a nondescript parking garage, but I just blurted out, they're watching Tokyo Drift. Oh. When Mrs. West and our friend looked up to it, it flashed to Han getting in the elevator, and they just kind of laughed. Our friend was like, you're a freak, dude, but what can I say? It's a gift. I love, I mean... So iconic. Good spot, you know, yeah. that you saw it. That's cool. Oh, here's more confirmation, more backup. Joey, Wendy's used to have a salad bar super bar in the 80s and 90s. It was a big selling point, and I remember it well. I just read that they can discontinued it basically for being too popular. It what? was real cheap, and people were helping themselves to too much food, so the staff couldn't keep it stocked and keep up with the regular duties. I guess it was too much of a hassle to make the popularity worthwhile. Raise the price, man. Just That's what I was just going to say. Things. Yeah, like, how did they not raise the price? I guess, like, there's Americans would have still, like, taken advantage of them, I guess. Yeah. I remember, still. like, do you have, like, did you ever have, like, Hosses or Ponderosa, like, these, like, quote-unquote steakhouses that had the salad bar? Nope. There was, like, these cheap steakhouses that you would, like, go to, order your steak at the front as you walked in, like, go to a table, and then they had, like, a huge salad bar. At least we had them in Pittsburgh. I give it, it's probably something along the lines of, like, Sizzler, too. I think California has, like, Sizzler. You know, you pay for your steak, and then for, like, an extra two bucks, you add the salad bar. And the salad bar has, like, everything else, right? So he says, on the subject of edited movies and companies like Clean Flicks and Family Flicks, they don't really exist anymore. So sorry, Justin, I guess your son can't watch Blues Brothers unless you just slice and dice out stuff yourself. Yeah. Or just says, Mrs. West did a research paper about them in college as part of a project on censorship. We lived ah. in the East Valley of the Phoenix metro area, which at the time I believe was the second largest Mormon settlement in the U.S. That makes sense. These kind of companies were very popular. So they lost all their court cases and were found to be in violation of copyright laws by altering and reselling films without the copyright holder's consent, which is basically what I said. Like, I don't know that they exist because they, they don't have the rights to distribute them. I guess that the market's not big enough to let them, like, 
cater to it. Like you would need buy-in from the studios, and if the studios gave in, like they would just do it themselves. If they wanted it out there, they would put out a clean version. I think, right? Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. And the reason why they're not doing it or outsourcing it to some other company is because there must not be a huge market for it. Right. Because like if they if there was enough demand, or if they they would do if, it. If they wanted like a clean version of Blues Brothers, they would put it out. They would just have somebody on staff who did that and like have an entire other revenue source. But I guess they don't care. Yeah. Do we even get like censored albums anymore? I feel like we don't. I know Walmart used to sell them. Like Walmart exclusively sold censored albums, which was very frustrating. Not that I ever bought too many. I don't remember accidentally buying a censored album from there. I was like, God, like, I only realized it after I opened. I was like, God damn it. I think like Target might have did something like that once too. But yeah, that makes sense. Walmart, damn it. Mostly it was skipping parts of the movie, but sometimes they took more liberties, like digitally putting clothes on Kate Winslet and Titanic, or changing oh. the swords to lightsabers in The Princess Bride. The fuck? Get out of here. So I'm what? sure there were places where you could find these edited movies online, but maybe not legally. Okay. I think it'd be kind of like a fun, I mean, it'd be a pain in the ass, but like, it'd be a fun kind of video project if you like wanted to edit them yourself for your kid. Like, if, if you knew Blues Brothers inside and out, and you're like, I don't want him to see this scene with Carrie Fisher, I know there's, like, cursing here, I know there's violence here, and you just yeah. go, and, like, you get a video file, and, like, you just bring in an iMovie or Windows Live Movie Maker or something, cut it out. Like, I think, I think, I might not be right, but I think it's legal to do that if you're not distributing it. Like, I think you can, like, once you own the video file, I think you can do with it whatever you want, as long yeah. as you don't, like, share it or disseminate it. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think that, like, it's it's yours then. It's like art, right? Like, if you bought, yeah. like, a painting and you just painted over it, that's it's yours, so. That would be very funny if you're like, I'm going to buy this painting, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fix it up. I don't like it enough. I'm going to make it better. I'm sure that there's people that do I'm that. I'm sure there are, too, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because I think I've written about this before, but Mrs. Wes's bio dad that she found last year was part of a Blues Brothers act. Oh, yeah, he did like that. I remember That's that. That's right. I forgot that, yes. Basically, him and a friend started doing the act as a charity thing around Myrtle Beach. They became official and toured for a while as the Blues Brothers. He's getting older now, so he hasn't done it much the past few years, but he still has their tour bus and one of the cars from the movie. It's usually on loan to car shows or sitting at a theater in Myrtle Beach where he used to perform a lot. That's it for the catch-up. Until next time, stay furious, Wes. Thank you, Wes, for writing in. That was awesome. I totally forgot about Mrs. Wes's bio dad uh, doing the Blues Brothers thing. I, like, I remember it once he said it, but like I forgot about it before that. Didn't he? Wasn't he also like the Joker? Wasn't it like that crazy Joker? Yes, yes. He looked just like Jack Nicholson yeah, in the Joker costume. I do remember that one, too. Yep. And that's all the emails. If you want to email in family at cageclub.me. I did not mention earlier, but we have a Patreon page here on the show, too. TooFast2Forever.com. Shout out to Cassie Wilson, Jake Freer, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, Alex Ellenin, Justin Kleinman, Brian Rodriguez of High School Slumber Party, Haley Gerbys, Wes Hampton, Christian Larson, and Jerry Robinson. Thank First you, guys. First one is $5 level or above. Thank you all so very much. Yes, thank you, thank you. Like Alex wrote in before, if you want us to watch 236 episodes of Friends, <laughs> $25 a month, plan an entire lap, the Friends lap. You know, who needs family when you got friends? I mean, I got the title for you right there, Alex. You know, just do it. God. Family at cageclub.me oh. and too fast. Forever.com. I will also say we have not gotten any rev- new reviews on iTunes since we last checked on them, but if you would like to do us a nice thing, if you have not yet reviewed us on iTunes, please or do. Apple Podcasts or whatever you want to call Spotify it. Spotify doesn't have a reviews, right? We talked about Spotify this. doesn't even have subscriptions. It's just a very weird, it's a totally different way to do podcasts, but it works. Yeah. Apple Podcasts, if you want to give us five stars over there, even if you don't use Apple Podcasts, just go on there, give us five stars. Thank you so very, very much. Thank you. Yes. On the streets, Joe, I've got no news. Do you have any news about the Fast and Furious movies. I've thought about this. It's not really news, but it's kind of adjacent. They've been playing, I forget like what I was watching, like I guess it's USA or something. One of these has WWE on it. All of the WWE commercials have The Rock in them. 
And I'm like, mm-hmm. bro, like he's not even like a wrestler anymore. But they're still like using the Rock in the like in the tagline commercials that's for how WWE. You sell a commercial. That's how you sell a product. It's it, it's genius. But I was like, damn, dude. Like, and he's like a, a significant part of the commercial. Like he has like a, like the talking part. It's like one of his like you know speeches in a wrestling thing. And they're like, like watch Raw this weekend. And you're like, okay. Like, but The Rock's not even on it, and like he was the main part of this commercial. That's not really news, but that's what I was thinking of. Well, the only other thing we have to do this minute or this episode before we take a break and bring in Garrett is talk about the Fast and Furious Minute, Minute Seventy, a minute I called. I don't know. There's a better title. There's no better title. Race Wars. What is this? Read it. What is this for? It's direction. Race wars. We'll see how you do. Then we'll talk. Dom slips Brian directions to Race Wars as Dom... We think, we think, we don't know what it actually is. Well, he says, Brian says, what is this? And Dom says, read. He says, what is this for? It's directions to Race Wars. We'll see how you do. Oh, he does? He says directions? He says, it's directions to Race Wars. We'll see how you do. Then we'll talk. Okay. I mean, it might not be. I don't know why it wouldn't be, but Dom says it's directions. I think we can take him on his word. I think we can take him on his word for it, too. I didn't remember he said it's, like, directions. I thought he said, like... It's about race wars, not like it's directions to it's race wars. It's directions to race wars. Yeah. And also, like, why wouldn't they drive together? You know what I mean? Like, you don't think they would have caravaned? Well, to because race it's war? not the same day. Either way, you know, like. Well, they both need their cars there, ostensibly. If they're gonna both gonna race, you both need your cars there. But I'm saying, you wouldn't caravan? Like, do you ever go to, like, a concert with your friends and we're like, okay, like, we're all gonna, like. Oh. You, like, meet up and, like, drive together? I mean, maybe it's inconvenient, because we find out, we know where the, it, where it took place at the San Bernardino International Airport. If it's out in the middle of the desert, if you don't live near each other, I mean, it might just be like, hey, just meet me there, we're going to be at the thing that looks like a hot air balloon, I'm going to be talking to a girl that's not Letty, just catch me there. Yeah, fair. I also okay. feel like, and maybe it's not, I, I know that, like, he invented it, I don't know how much actually hosting duty he is, but it feels like, or how much hosting duty he has, but it feels like Dom probably has more to do than Brian. So like, and, like get there, there early, earlier. You're yeah. right. And do setup. And you know what? That's a hundred percent right. Because in this minute we see Dom already there and Brian pull up to go in. Yeah. The very, yeah. At the very start of the next minute, mm-hmm. he's going to get his pass to enter from the security guards. Yep. yep. So, so we cut to race wars. There are groups of people admiring cars, cars race against one another. A woman participates in a full body wet t-shirt contest. <laughs> Dom chats up a woman who isn't Letty. So, of course, the most important thing is that this is our first visit to Race Wars. And I went back, I looked back in our document, which is why we do this. It was first alluded to in minute 29, first mentioned by name in minute 40, mentioned again in minutes 49 and 53, but it's not until minute 70. So with barely over half an hour left in the movie, we finally get to Race Wars. So here's the thing that I want to say about the minute document is that I'm no longer going to write down clothing for extras because I counted... 120 extras in this scene. No one needs to know what they're wearing. That's fair. Okay, it's either 
a woman with long hair, a black halter top, and like shorts, or it's a woman in a bikini. 90s yep. fashion. That's what yep. it is. Or it's like a dude with short black hair. Like whether it's a black guy, a white guy, a Latino guy, they all have short black hair. Like it's yep. across the board. They all dress the same. Maybe I'll consider doing things differently. Maybe if there's noteworthy things, like early, we were talking about like you found like, you know, the guy wearing a jersey in one of the early, the first yes. race or whatever. Like yes. noteworthy things. I'll either put a picture in or make a note of, but like, no one needs to know what like guy number eight in the circle watching the or like guy number twenty two in the circle watching the the wet bot, the wet t shirt contest girl what he's wearing like that nobody needs not even me not even my OCD brain cares about that so like this was what could have been a breaking point but I was just like nope pivoting fork diverges in the woods and I'm going the path of least resistance in the same sense that you know there's a million cars in race wars so I got the ones I could distinctly make out that I knew exactly what they were and the two like main focal ones that we pass with the camera right like Mm -hmm. those are like the things that i like really hone in on so i got those guys there in the document but i agree with you like i'm gonna try to get as many cars in the line as i can get in the next minute but i'm not gonna like you know die over it because the important thing to keep in mind in that regard is that i looked up we looked up trivia in two different ways i re-looked back at the imdb trivia for this movie and searched for race wars mm-hmm. and we also found craig lieberman put out a race wars how it was filmed Which music or not music video youtube video yes um it's like seven minutes long about some facts we have some stuff really there. cool but yes real life drivers brought their cars to participate here yep there were over 1500 cars at race wars which seems like too many but like if you look there's just like a parking lot that's just like filled with tuners like i can imagine they're just like people from all over the place are like we're making a car they're making a movie about our culture i want to be there oh yeah and you know what like you were saying and you have in the document like 1500 cars versus like 30 cars i think that the distinction is craig lieberman found 30 guys who would race their cars all day that's what i figured out yes i would agree with that yeah versus like if you want to show up and park your car there you can show up and park your car there and be an extra yeah because craig lieberman said there's over a thousand or about a thousand extras they use 35 cars for filming but like that's probably yeah you're right like the ones actually racing or like the feature cars or whatever right but like yeah. There are so many cars there. There's so many extras. I also remembered on IMDb, I forgot this, but we knew that like Racer X and Redline were alternate titles or working titles and screenplays. I forgot that Race Wars was a name of the movie. And I'm going to say, I'm going to go on a limb here. If they called this movie Race Wars, there would never have been a second one. Race Wars presents Hobbs and Shaw. If literally everything else was 100% identical, the only difference is that it's called <laughs> Race Wars. We have no second movie. That's very true. It would have never been a franchise. Walmart $5 bin, one and done. Immediately. Immediately. So what did you notice from the Craig Lieberman video? What cars did you see? What did you catch in this minute? Because it's a great minute. We're setting up Race Wars because this minute is basically split half in Neptune's net in the transition, half at Race Wars. We don't get the day into night or the night into day transition, which I was kind of expecting now every time we have a transition. What did you see this minute, especially the back half? Or is there anything of note at all? at Neptune's Net, because I didn't see anything new there that no, we should have talked about. No, I didn't see anything new at Neptune's Net, but I have a, a bunch of cool things that I found in this minute. So there's two cars that you pan past, right? There's the Honda Accord wagon that's like that burnt orange color, like the first one they see kind of looks like Hector's. 
and that's the one that says garage on the windshield? Yes, garage okay. graphic. And then the second one you see is like a white Mitsubishi Eclipse with like a red racing stripe down the side of it. I found the rims that he has. Did you see this in the document? The Lenzo Concept 5 rims? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the rims that he's using on the car. I was like, that's very cool. The other thing, a background fact, you know, because we watched the Craig Lieberman video, they said they shot this at San Bernardino International Airport. San Bernardino International Airport was also used in the Aviator. That's really cool. I like the Aviator a lot. Do you like that movie? I have not seen it yet. I know oh, it's about really? Howard Hughes. I know that Kate Blanchett plays Catherine Hepburn. Yeah. I've not seen it. It's one of those ones where, again, like the movie we're talking about next episode, it's a three-hour movie that just, like, it throws me off. Like, I know I'm going to like it, but I just haven't seen it. It's a slow burn, but, like, Leonardo DiCaprio is great in it. He should have won an I'm Oscar sure. for that. It's an excellent movie. I remember I saw it in theaters, and it was long. I remember us being, like, it was very long, but then, like, I watched it again, and I was like, I really enjoy this. Well, actually, I will say really quickly is that past guest Michael DeManico, friend of the pod. He has his podcast, Not Her Again. Mm-hmm. And season three, they're covering Catherine Hepburn movies. And at the end of every movie discussion, it's usually he and Walter, past guest Walter Hickey. Yeah. Uh, they talk about, you know, Catherine Hepburn's performance in the movie and whether she's good, what they like about the movie, like what we do here. But at the end, they talk about whether her performance was closer to Kate Blanchett, because Michael loves Kate Blanchett. His Twitter handle used to be Kate Blanchett. Whether she's Kate Blanchett in The Aviator or... Kristen Wiig on SNL, like, which Catherine Hepburn is she more, like, oh. serious, great movie, or kind of goofy, not great thing, like, on SNL, so. That's pretty funny. Theater, you know, it's one degree away from Too Fast, Too Forever over in the uh, Not Her Again podcast, so, yeah. The coolest thing that I noticed this time, though. Which I did not notice. I think it's a, it's the top thing in the science yes. of notes. Yes, yes. The thing that I noticed this time that, would like, really, really was awesome to me, during the wet t-shirt contest, right, like, That's the main focal point, so you're watching that happening. But if you pause in the background on top of a car, there's four medium-sized plush toys on top of one of the cars, and they're all Pokemon. And there's a Blastoise, there's a Meowth, there's a Pikachu, and a Gengar sitting on top of one of the cars, like, right over her right shoulder. Oh, yeah, they're Uh, huge. Yeah, they're really big. They're, like, medium to large. They're not, like, you know, comically large carnival size, right? No, but they're probably, like, two and a half or three feet tall, I would guess, because it's not close. They're pretty big, I think. I would consider those medium to large plush toys, right? Because if you click on, in the document, in the, I hyperlinked one woman in a thong getting hosed down in the full body wet t-shirt contest. If you click on that, you can see behind the dude with a camera. Like, there's a couple things going on in this scene. There's the guy with a camera who, I guess that's probably just his camera. He's taking pictures of this girl. I couldn't figure out what cameras, like, these were. I wanted to get what cameras they are, but, like, there's no distinguishing factors on these, so. And the other thing I want to point out about this is that there is a dude crouching, like, three feet away from her, just staring up, smiling at her, getting soaked. I was just like, that's so gross. Yeah, but you heard what, actually, which is really funny though is that craig lieberman was saying that this it was like 110 degrees in san bernardino this weekend that they shot this so she was probably like the only one there that was enjoying like actually enjoying this because it was probably so fucking hot that like getting hosed down you'd be like okay yeah i'll do it (laughs) like like there's objectification in these movies and then there's like objectification in these movies and this is like this is probably the the worst yeah this is this is crazy this was the last of that right like this is isn't giselle just like walking away or something well i mean i wouldn't called the last of this but it's the most extreme like there are still like in in six and an eight like we still pan by asses that like the oh, dress yeah. is like just below the curve of the butt cheek it's like oh like this is we never went to like jello wrestling or something right like that's what i'm saying like they scaled it back it's not it's just it's still there it's not like it went away it's just like they i think they toned it down it's more like socially acceptable sexism as opposed to like overtly just yes. like let's drench this girl it's oof. 
boy. Yeah. But yeah, okay. Okay. But yeah, I, I did not see those plushes. I think that's a great find. Really good find. You like that? Yeah. yeah, yeah I yeah. like that too. Anything else that you caught? Or do we want to talk about some trivia that we learned from the Craig Lieberman video? I think that was it. I have some other stuff in the document, but those were like the cool finds that I wanted to talk about. So in the video, they talk about while Race Wars itself is a fictitious name, it was based on other tuner events that were popular at the time, like Hot Import Nights. Mm-hmm. And they had to use a fictional name. They used about a thousand extras and 35 cars used for filming. So yes. it's a big deal. It's a lot of, that's a lot of moving parts. It is. It's a ton of moving parts. And he was saying that, like, the director, Rob Cohen, just wanted them to keep racing anytime they were filming. So, like, you would have, like, the racing in the background. How daunting would that be? Because, like, if you're shooting a movie, it's not like they, like, line up all the scenes, like, immediately. Whenever they're running the cameras, they're just, like, constantly racing these cars for, like, three days straight. Yeah, so it's five days of filming. They did two or three races per hour even though they're mostly in the background. So it's not even like a focus. They're just like, hey, you're racing, but like we're, you're only going to be like kind of in like a few frames of this. And participants were only paid $15 a day, which is still like to be a part of this is a cool thing in retrospect. But like if you're there in 110 degrees yes. and you're like having to race and race and race or just stand there and do whatever, like not a lot of money. No. $15 a day, not an hour, $15 a day. It's crazy. Yeah. I wonder if they had to pay for their own gas and stuff too, right? So like then I you're like, I'm losing shrimp. money. <laughs> yeah. Shrimp. Yeah. Exactly. Um, there's also some stuff in the in the video about like the later minutes about like Jesse's Jetta and stuff like that. But is there anything else that we saw in this minute that Craig Lieberman pointed out that you wanted to bring up, bring bring to attention now? Mm, no, I thought that I threw in all the things that thought applied to this minute as we were talking about it. Do you have any theories on who uh, that girl that Dom is talking to is? Because I don't. But he's talking to somebody who like is in a very, very short cutoff jean shorts and a big black bikini top. That's not Letty. I think that the most like simple and probably the right answer is that Domish is so famous at Race Wars. If he invented it, that it could be anyone, right? Like it's just like any girl that walks by that's like, oh, I know this like he's the owner. Like it's like if you went to a concert, you know, you saw like the head of the concert company or somebody from a different band there, right? Like you'd be like, Oh, like it's this guy, look at—he's famous. It's either random groupie or like maybe she's like a fellow festival putter honor. Like she's there. Like I don't know what that actual like hub is because there's like security guards outside. Dom feels like a VIP member of this thing. I don't know if he actually has security there or not. Like it doesn't feel like there's like aggression here. I don't know if that like that's like a VIP area under what looks like a hot air balloon kind of. It's like just a pop-up tent. Right? It's just like a tent that you would have to like... Just kind of, yeah, it's billowy sort of, I guess is why I was like... Because we had... I don't know if I ever said it on here, but like we had... Like the town that I grew up in is well known for like its balloon festival. Oh. Balloons have played weirdly like a a big role in my childhood and like we had one land in our backyard and like I've seen like all over our town. Wait, why did the why did one land in your backyard? Like by accident or like No, because I mean just like you need a place to land sometimes. And if you have a big grassy field, uh... like they'll just land wherever. Oh really? Like are you mm-hmm. allowed to do that? Who's gonna stop you? I don't know. Like what if it was like a don't balloon land on my property, I'm armed. I mean it's the I, I guess. I mean it is the country sort of I I don't know. But yeah, I don't think I've never heard about a uh Antiba. Instead of Antifa, it's Antiba, anti-ballooners. <laughs> so some guy just, like, landed a hot air balloon on your thing. Like, did you guys go outside, like, hey, are you okay? Or, like, what? Well, you, you, like, tell- go out there and you, like, help fold the balloon. You actually get You the help balloon. him, too? You fold it into the actual basket. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a cool thing. It's not, like, it's not work or whatever. It is work. I'm going to start getting hot air balloon shits. If you get if you can make the homeowners come help you and land in their yard, this sounds fucking awesome. Like if some if a skydiver landed in your backyard, would you help him fold his fucking skydiving parachute? Yeah, I probably would because that's very cool. Oh god, weird man. 
city, the non-city people, I don't get it. If somebody, like, landed in my yard in the city, we'd be like, what the fuck are you doing here? Like, they would just be like, get out. Different life, man. Country it mouse, is. city mouse. Also, yeah, you're not, and you're not going to land a hot air balloon in the middle of a city either, so. You're also going to not, probably not going to take off a hot air balloon from the city, unless it's, like, a pier in New York City or something like that. But yeah. even then, you're like, you probably, like, it's probably restricted not. airspace, right? So. Yeah, exactly. Any other notes? Any other thoughts about this Fast and Furious Minute? We, should we get to the trivia? I'm going to get to the trivia, and I'm excited to get to Race Wars, like, more Race Wars, so. Proper, yeah. Place. I do want to say that the song Race Wars by BT begins. So this is from the score. I found a different video. That guy's oh, YouTube nice. video has not been, YouTube channel has not been restored, but the song Race Wars by BT begins. So I have three okay. different questions here. I don't know if you like any of these. For everything that happens, I feel like the question almost has to be about like Race Wars in general. The, the plot of Race Wars in the movie has not happened in this minute yet, right? Like we're just there. We're just setting the scene. That's fair. I get that, yeah. So I have three different questions. If you like one or more of these, I am not emotionally connected to any of these. We can get rid of one, two, or all three of them. Okay. What is the name of the song from the score that plays when we arrive <laughs> at Race Wars? Which is kind of like a trick question. It's like, it can't just be called Race Wars, right? But it is. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. I, I like that one only because it's funny, but like, I don't know if it should last or not. Because you could have like Dancing Nights or like Hit the Nos or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Question number two: Roughly, how many cars were used in the filming of Race Wars? I think we need to we need to name that or we need to word that more carefully. But like, how many cars showed up to film those scenes? The answer, according to IMDb, is fifteen hundred. I don't know if I trust IMDb. It would have to be a reference to the Craig Lieberman one saying that thirty cars were used like during Race Wars because I like he knows you know. But what there's I mean? still so many more, right? Like there's so many more cars there. Like you can see like entire parking lots full of people. Like you can look if you look at like one of the things. Yeah. I don't think actually I don't think I put it up there, but there's like if if you look in the minute there's like hundreds of cars in like a lot like it's like a music festival parking yeah oh yeah yeah here i am like when you first get to the hangar but it it looks like it could be like a lot of tents but there's definitely way way more than 30 cars okay fair yeah i don't know again yeah i don't know if i want to say that because like 1500 or whatever we could also say like per imdb but whatever or the third one which i forgot about this fact which of these was not a working title for the Fast and Furious? So we knew Racer X and Redline, but the movie Race Wars, like we talked about before, that's a wrong answer. So like, that's a good one. I like that. The only other thing that I would have come up with is like, what notable cartoon plush toys are seen mm. during Race Wars? And it would be like Pokemon, Betty Boop. You know what I mean? Like that. That was the only thing I could come up with when I was. I feel watching like it. I, I like that, but I think that like even when I was watching it carefully, I didn't even see those. Oh yeah, so I'm sure blindsided. You like, it, it's almost like, what color thong is the woman who's being objectified wearing? It's like, probably red, but I don't know. I get it. Yeah, that's what I was saying. But that's like the only one I could come up with. Like, so I'm maybe not we do the, the working title, either. the script. So Race Wars, Racer X, Red Line. But we need one more. What's another R movie title? Because they're all R's. Ra- Racer? No, Racer X we have. Um... Race Wars, Racer X, Red Line. Revved Up. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, that, I think, does that work? Is that good? Yeah, you like that? For sure. Okay. Yep. Because, like, Race Wars does not sound like it should be the name. Yeah, what, a couple of those, you're like, that would be a really stupid name for a movie. So the question, which of these was not a working title for The Fast and the Furious? Race Wars, Racer X, Redline, or Revved Up? And the answer, of course, is Revved Up. Yeah, that's, okay, cool. I like that, and they all kind of fit, too. 70 minutes, 78 questions. If you are a patron, you go to TooFast2Forever.com. You can click on the pinned post to get access to both the Fast and Furious Minute document and also the quiz. So go do that thing. Again, vote in the Hall of Fame, but also take the quiz if you haven't taken it. If you haven't taken it in a while, take it it again. again. Yeah, for sure. All right, Joe, let's take a break. Let's bring in Garrett Smith, and let's talk about Hobbs and or Shaw.
this episode number 104, Hobbs and Shaw. This episode is brought to you by McLaren. With innovation at the core of all that they do, every challenge starts with the same question, how can they do it better? This restless spirit runs right through McLaren, and the search for perfection is evident in everything they design. Shout out, McLaren. Shout out indeed, McLaren. Well, we are here. This is the final Fast and Furious movie in lap six, Joe. We have oh, finished. true. Not finished in their lap. We still got a bunch more episodes. Not a bunch more episodes. We got a handful more episodes this lap. But to talk about Hobbs and Shaw, the most recent installment in the Fastiverse, we have the host of the I Like to Movie Movie podcast, Garrett Smith. Hello, Garrett. Hello, Joe and Joey. I'll figure out which one is which as we go along. <laughs> that works, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much for joining us. You were on our radar, and I don't remember why. You have a great Twitter handle. It's Philadelphia, which I That's love. Me. Thank you. Thank and you. I don't remember if you tweeted at us or you were just tweeting about the Fast and Furious, but we started following you yeah. and it was like cool. And then you messaged us recently. We're going to get to this later, but you said, <laughs> I've got this great theory for Fast 10. And we're like, cool. Sorry that we can't book you for like two and a half laps because we have the next two and a half laps booked, but like, we can't wait to hear it. Yeah. And you're like, no problem. That's totally fine. And then our guest for tonight couldn't make it. And we're like, hey, Come on in. And so here you are. So we basically sped up this timeline a whole bunch. So I cannot wait to hear all about whatever this crazy theory is. I appreciate it. Thank you, boys. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I have a, just a pitch for what I think would make, uh, you know, the ultimate Fast 10. I we'll, love it. We'll say that. I they, love it. By the way, it's not called Fast 10 Your Seatbelts, but it probably is going to be actually. I <sighs> hope so, so much. I'd kind of like just like embracing the tacky of it. Oh, like, just fucking do it. <laughs> it's it's the most insanely named movie series in the history of the media. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We talked about it because we had this, like, um, one of our friends and fans gave us this, like, Fast and Furious book. And, like, apparently in England, they're just titled, like, Fast and Furious 1 through not 8, right? Yep. Wait, yep. for real? Like, even the second one doesn't have the crazy too no, fast, too so. fu- Wow, wild. It's just Fast and Furious 2. I yes. Think so, yeah, I'm pretty sure. That is yeah. wild. It's so much easier. I mean, I like the weirdness of it. <laughs> oh, I, I love the weirdness. It's better this way. I mean, I don't know if you want to get into this right away, but my whole pitch about Fast and Furious and why it's great is it is a soap opera made for whatever, half a billion dollars every time. Yeah. Yeah, it, absolutely. One, one of the biggest budget soap operas ever. And to me, the fucking ridiculous naming scheme of it all plays right into <laughs> just that level of cheese that they're always playing at, you know? Yeah. Right before we started this, I messaged Joey, I'm a huge fan of Lifetime movies. Right, yes, and like yes. the new Lifetime movie coming out is called. Well, fuck, what was it called? It's like Mile High Murder. No, Deadly Mile High Club. Deadly Mile High Club. That's amazing. <laughs> See, and I, like, yeah, I really enjoy that. Like, Lifetime embraces this dumb movie titling too. Oh yeah, my partner and I just watched a movie. I don't know if you guys have seen this or are familiar with this called The Stepfather, starring Terry O'Quinn. Oh yeah, of course. No, it's kind of an old horror movie. I think it's from the '80s. Um, Terry O'Quinn stars as the stepfather father who is just a murdering psychopath it's a great movie it's really really fun slasher uh but it is straight up a lifetime movie like it's it's basically an r-rated lifetime movie somebody it's made (laughs) in the exact tone of lifetime movies it just is a wild slasher and it's like one of my favorite things ever that's awesome i'm gonna have to check this one out joe i don't know i don't know if you looked into deadly mile high club but the director doug campbell is the 
director of the Stalked series, Stalked by My Doctor, Stalked by My Neighbor, (laughs) Stalked by My Doctor, The Return, Stalked by My Doctor, Patient's Revenge, Stalked at 17, Stalker This is exactly what we're talking about. These are how these Fast and Furious movies are named. Exactly. That's that's the first thing that went to in my brain. So, yep, I'm I'm with it. Wonderful. Well, Well, let's get back slightly on topic, because we'll get there eventually again. But Garrett, now, I believe, if I am right, you have seen all nine movies. Is that correct? Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Well, I guess, what was your what's your history with the franchise? What was the first one you saw? How did you grow to watch all these? And what was the first time you saw this one in particular? Uh, so I had an interesting experience with the series that one of your recent guests actually had a similar experience to me. And I was, I was surprised to hear it because I couldn't imagine too many people did this. But so... I had no interest in these movies. Okay. I, I grew up uh, like a science fiction nerd. I liked Star Wars. When these, what do you call them, like masculine car movies started coming out, I was like, yep, no interest. I don't care. That, that, not my yeah. thing. So I ignored these movies for like a long time. I didn't see any of these movies in the theater until Furious 7. Cool. Okay. So, but here's how I saw it. My uh, podcasting partner, Dan Scully, the guy I do I like to movie movie with, he's a huge mm-hmm. fan of this franchise going all the way back. He's liked these movies since they started. So when 7 was coming out, he was like, dude, I know you don't, you think you don't like these movies, <laughs> but you will love these movies. You have to come. He, and the way he convinced me was he was like, I think what we should do is we'll do an episode of the podcast on 7, but the concept will be, you've never seen any of them, so you're going to watch the first one and then immediately go to the theater to see the seventh one without Ooh. seeing anything in between. Did you try to fill in the blanks, too? Like, how did they get here? Because that sounds amazing. My friend, I made a list of ten things that I predicted would happen in Furious 7 based on only the movie The Fast and the Furious. <laughs> How did that go? How many did you get right? Like zero? Absolutely zero. I think my <laughs> I think my first one was someone will challenge someone else to a race and produce exactly two thousand dollars in a wad of cash from their pocket because that <laughs> happens at least four times in the first movie and then never again in the series. Yeah, little did you know how much the series would shift over the years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So no, I had no way of predicting that. But what I also had no way of predicting uh, was. The first movie was fine. I like it now, like much more than I did then. I, you know, when I saw it the first time, I was like, "Yep, this is what I expected. It's a fucking dumb car movie." And then uh, the seventh one made me cry. Yeah. I yes, went, I went to the theaters and I cried my goddamn <laughs> eyes out about characters and an actor that I didn't give a shit when I sat down in that theater. Yeah, yeah it's an That's effective theatrical again lifetime movie esque. Yes, yeah. I, I mean, I was so impressed by how... Emo- That's the thing that is so weird to talk about with this series, because mostly the reason I love it is how fucking stupid it is, and I love everything about it. But mm-hmm. it, it does actually make me actually emotional in, like, very real ways. Well, I've said on here before that, like, four, like four or five of the nine movies have made me cry. Yeah. Which, like, and that's not, like, they're not supposed to make, like, Fast Five is not supposed to make you cry, but Fast Five <laughs> makes me cry. Yeah, well, uh, what part of Fast Five makes you when cry? When they open curious. the safe, I'm like, oh, God, our guys did it. <laughs> our team did it. It's part of the emotional rollercoaster of doing this project specifically, too. Like, we're watching them again and again and again, so, like, yeah. you get to a point where, like, you know Seven's coming, Yeah. You know, like, we've just seen them, and yeah. you're like, oh, God, Brian saved the day. You Dude, know, and you start to get a little teary. Anytime that song from the finale plays in, like, a grocery store, I straight up choke up, just, like, in the aisle Rachel at the grocery too, store. Man. You can't play that song in the wild. Like, it's not fair to <laughs> yeah. play that song, like, unsuspecting. Like, it's not like these are cult or niche movies. No. Like, lots of people have an emotional... Even if you don't, like, love the movies, just like you. Like, you went, you saw it, you didn't love the first one, you saw the seventh one and it made you cry. People probably have only seen the seventh one, cried at the end, hear that yes. song, even with never having seen another Fast and Furious movie. It makes you cry. Like you can't just have a tearjerker song. You don't have like we are the world playing at the supermarket. <laughs> 
frankly, I'm surprised we haven't seen anybody already rip it off. Like, I'm surprised it hasn't been in, like, three other movie trailers that are trying to recall those emotions. You know what I mean? It's, like, too too on the nose or something, right? Like, everybody would be like, oh, man, like, you're really going to fucking use the Paul Walker song about this? Right, right, yeah. But, yeah, so, I mean, I loved that seventh movie so much. And it wasn't just that it made me emotional. You know, the moment that The Rock flexes out of a cast, I was like... (laughs) I was yep. like, oh, that's what these move like, this is what yeah. these are. Yeah. It's, yep. it's this. Uh, and I just fell in love with it. And so then I, I just, like, I think I literally, like, that week, the, like, seven, bo- no, it couldn't have been that week. So whenever that movie finally came out on, on Blu-ray, that one, there was, like, a seven-box set for, like, $30 on Amazon. And yep, I was, like, buying course. them, watching them all, catching up the whole way through. And now I've seen the whole series, I think, at least two or three times each. Perfect. Um, yeah, I, I love it. I, and in fact, I don't know if this is when we initially connected, but I wrote an article a while back about Furious 6 being the Fast and Furious movie and the highway sequence being, to me, emblematic of what this series is about and the heights that it can reach as both a ridiculous fucking soap opera and an actual like emotional story about family. Well, I think that's a nice transition into the rankings. I know it's a very difficult task, but if that's the ultimate, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but... Could you please rank these movies either top down or bottom up from your favorite to least favorite or least favorite to favorite, however you want to do it? I absolutely can if you will allow me just a moment to find my letterboxed list, which is just for this purpose. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Oh, here we go. He's a big letterboxed fan, too. Oh, guys. Yeah, I'm all over letterboxed. So, all right. You want them top down? What do you want? Whatever you want. If if you want to build suspense. Bottom up. Bottom up. Okay. All right. So, I'm curious. What do you think my bottom fast and just based on the little bit I told you, what do you guys think my my bottom is? I think your bottom one is going to be two. Two is my number eight. Okay. So, it's you're not far off. But I need you to know that I actually really like two. That's how much I'm on board with this series. It's that's almost the bottom, and I kind of really like it. Yeah. That's what we say. We always say that a bad Fast and the Furious movie is still better than a lot of other movies, yeah. right? So, yep. like, it's not like this is, like, a bad movie. It's just that in the rankings compared to the other ones, you don't yep. like it as much. I yep, get it. yep. Yep, I love the anime uh, driving sequences. They look like anime, and it's one of my favorite things about that movie. Okay, four is my bottom. I okay. I think four is legitimately maybe the only bad movie in this franchise. Okay. and it's how not... many times have you seen it? Have you seen them? Like, have you seen four a lot? Because it's I... really grown on me. I was with you when I started my rankings, and it, re- it like the more I watch it, the more I realize it. Like from the perspective of it being like the cornerstone, yes. and, like the pivot point, yes. it like makes it a lot more enjoyable for me. I I agree with that. So I've seen it probably three times now, and I do like it more than I did when I initially saw it. But I think that it, even watching it in that context, the thing that honestly takes away from a lot of it is that finale is the worst car sequence in any Fast and Furious movie, I think. Okay. It's oh, one the of driving the, through the tunnels? Yeah, yeah, it's one of the only ones where it is such pure CGI with not even a hint uh. of like anybody actually drove any of these cars that I just think that is an unconvincing, unexciting... Like, this series is at its best when Justin Lin is directing, and he did direct that one, but it's because what he's good at is convincing me these people are actually driving these cars and doing these stunts. Okay. And I think that finale fails that, like, completely. And so then the rest of the movie kind of falls apart around that for me. I like the building the team aspect of it and the way it does sort of take these three disparate movies that came before it and find a way to unite them in these thematics of family. You know, it is it is the movie that kind of... It doesn't establish those things, but it sort of sets the blueprint for, like, that is what all of these are actually about. That's the connecting 
through line of all of these movies. And I love that that's what that movie does, but I just I think that the the stunt work and that kind of stuff just isn't there in this movie and okay. that kind of hurts it. That's all fair, all valid points. So just to just to be safe, Hobbs and Shaw is included in your rankings or is it separate? Cuz some people some people include it, some people don't. It's included. Okay. It's included. Okay. And I you know, I could I could see an argument for not. I I get it. I get it. But it's included. I think it's I there all in the family, baby. You know, exactly. Perfect. So got- uh, that's my number seven, actually. I'm, I'm. Well, obviously, we we're going to talk about it. I'm not as crazy about this movie as some of the others, but in watching it a couple times now, I'm, I'm. It's growing on me. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm getting in there. It's we- fun. It just gets more and more fun every time I watch it. Like I was like cracking up this time. Like I know the jokes now. We're what, yeah. like three or four deep on it, Joey. Four. The the comedic relief in this one is like direct, but I like how it cuts up the movie for me. Yeah, this is the fifth time that I've seen it, but I watched one extra time because okay. you and I. We saw it in theaters, and we did our spoiler-free, then we saw it again, and we did our mm-hmm. full spoiler episode, and then I saw it when we had Mike on, and then we did another lap afterwards with Kara, and then yep. now this. So yeah, okay. four or five. Yeah, so we're it's, it's, it's ranking up there. Yeah, I think this was only my second experience with this one, so I may find the same with you guys, that as I watch them, I definitely liked it more this time than I did the first time, so I think I'm already you know kind of on board with what you guys mm-hmm. are saying. Well, I've said this before, and I really hope, I mean, I hope and I don't hope this is possible, but like, if F9 is VOD in April, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. we're going mm-hmm. to do that six episodes in a row because it's just like we need to break <laughs> yeah. this down as much as we possibly can like yeah. I kind of hope that the world is in a better place by then that we can you of know course. go to the movie theater and enjoy it on the big screen but if it's not it's not the worst thing in the world for this podcast because we can watch it a whole hell of a lot of times oh mm-hmm. yeah if ever a movie was gonna be worth you know because they keep saying if they're gonna do something like this it'll be that thing where it's like it'll be a $45 right if Fine. ever there was a movie that I would pay that much money to watch at home it is Fast 9 yeah absolutely I would have done it we were t- we were bitching about it in April when they pushed it back we were yeah. like just fucking send it to VOD like yeah. you tell me when, when quarantine broke and there's like there's a new Fast and the Furious but it's 50 bucks and you know everybody's at home like yeah. everybody wouldn't have watched it you'd have made all your money right there oh absolutely fine. Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how studios start responding to this because i don't know frankly i i think it's insane that they still think they're going to put tenet out i still feel like there's an announcement coming that it's not coming out you know well the news today and this is now almost a week ago as because this is going to come out on tuesday so this is probably has happened but there's disney is quote strongly considering delaying milan again it's like yeah of course because like yeah. nobody's gonna <laughs> see it. like it comes out in a month nobody's gonna go to the theater in a month like Things are getting worse. They're not getting better. I know to some extent dummies are who are going to go do this stuff anyway, right? And that's really probably what they're relying on is that, like, dummies don't care and will go see movies, right? right? But I am the person most likely to go see a movie during a pandemic. I fucking love movies. It's yeah. the thing I most <laughs> like to spend money on. I am not going to a fucking movie theater <laughs> until at least 2022. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I'm yeah. not doing it. They should not be releasing it. Like... I, I think they stand to lose money by trying to release movies right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. Yeah, it's going to be rough. No, I, I did not want to turn this podcast into that. Sorry. Oh, no, it's <laughs> no, fine. It, fine it, it already kind of is all the time it. because it's just, <laughs> I'm right there with you. Okay, number six. You have Hobbs and Shaw at seven. Number six. Number six, The Fast and The Furious. Okay, the that's, original. That's where I got first the OG. One. First one, first one. Yeah, this one, I mean, this one, again, I didn't like it that much when I first saw it, but it's really grown on me a lot in, in re-watching these movies, especially because suddenly, you know, you go back to it after getting through the whole series and realizing, oh, this is all about family, it's all about these specific characters, and it's crazy how much of that is actually established in the first movie. Mm-hmm. You kind of feel like when you get through the series that like, yeah, they kind of got to that stuff like halfway through the series. Like five is where they figured out what it was all about and that that's what this all. But then you go back and you watch it. And you're like, 
No, they were drinking Coronas and having barbecues in one, man. Like Talking family. Yeah. yeah, all this stuff was established in the first movie. It has grown on me a lot, actually. I, I, I quite like that movie, it, especially as just a, for at the time, when they didn't know there was going to be a franchise, just kind of a cheesy B-movie that they were trying to make some money off of. I think it's a good one. We always say that the nostalgia factor plays a huge role in that one. So, like, you know, if, you've, if you saw it when it came out before mm-hmm. all the other ones came out, you usually have it ranked a lot higher. But yeah. like you said, and everybody that's watched it and then watches through the series when you revisit it later it's like oh this has like a lot of gravity to it that we didn't yeah. we didn't really get the first time because it was just a b movie that was fun and then you're like yeah they were talking family and drinking coronas like Whoa, it was all yeah. there and forgive my terrible vin diesel pre- impression here he pretty much sounds like um stallone when i do him but like even the stuff where he's like he's like oh the, the buster you know he's yeah. like calling him the buster and so you're like that is so stupid when you first see the movie, and then you get through the whole series, and you're like, "Oh God, he he just nicked in he nicked in the Buster right away. He loves his Buster." <laughs> yep. By the way, guys, you're just gonna have to deal with this. This podcast is gonna be four hours long because I I do this all the time. I a uh, hundred tangents about it. Oh, I was looking at your I was same like, thing, bro. I, I was trying to gauge. You know, I have not listened to I like to movie movie. I'm so sorry. I apologize. Okay. No, but I was looking right. at the lengths of episodes, and I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be a long episode." Like, because it <laughs> seems like for the most part, your average episodes lately, at least, have been two hours. And I was like, "Oh boy," because like, we we tend to go long, and if you tend to go long, we might go really long. So just yeah, buckle yeah. up, Stra- strap in, folks. Yeah, buckle up. That's a better one for a Fast and Furious podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, Fate of the Furious is my number five. Okay, okay, that's pretty high. I know, I know that people don't like this movie, and so I loved it when I saw it in theaters. This is one of the only ones that has dipped for me a little bit okay. in rewatching. I loved it when I saw it in theaters because this. This was my first real Fast and Furious experience in theaters, right? Ah. Seven was my first, but seven was where I discovered it and was like, oh, this is what it is. You had no context, right? Eight was the first time I got to go in and be like, I'm ready, baby. Give me the family. Let's see what they're up to. You know, Opening and it was night. Like, yeah, yep, you're there. Yep. You're amped. You had your yep. tickets already. Like, yep, I such, feel you. Such a joy. Every time somebody said family, every time somebody cracked a corona, like, <laughs> I was just, like, over the moon. I thought it was wonderful. <laughs> you know, and it's dipped a little bit for me in rewatch. I get why people don't like this one as much as some of the others. I do think as far as the back half of the series, it's one of the the weaker entries. But I think it feels especially weak on the heels of five, six, and seven being this like really great kind of trilogy within Agreed. the larger context of the series, you For know? Sure. But I think as its own Fast and Furious movie, it's not as bad as people tend to say. It's a fun action movie. It's good. Yeah. I mean, I loved it more than I ever have last time, so I don't know. It, it, every, everything's all a, a tossed up. In my, I, I, don't, I don't know how to, I don't know what to think of anything anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel that I do think these movies have a little bit of that in them, too, where I think different ones can speak to you at different times, which is such a fucking highfalutin way to talk about a Fast and Furious movie, but I think that's true. Like, I, yeah. I, I think different ones of these will, will speak to you in different ways at different times times because frankly it's like even some things like your own life experience i think could you know uh, it sounds stupid to say about a fast and furious movie but having a child i imagine will change my perspective on some of these characters <laughs> yeah. and yep. how they treat each other you know for sure very true yeah okay and so my top four here's where i'm really solid oh so these so it's easy for you the top four top four is easy okay. i'm solid on these i think these ones feel unchanging to me they're unshakable that's what's in, i think joe that's what's most interesting to me about the rankings is like people seem to have something comfortably locked in on everybody's rankings but like, like top what, three or, or, or like three. Or, yeah it's like bottom three or like the middle they're like i know that these are the worst i'm not sure the order i know that these are the best i'm not sure the order but like these three in the middle i know like they're all good they're fine whatever but like it's it varies where people are comfortable so i think it's 
kind of rare, maybe, maybe not, that the top is locked in. I don't know. But let's, let's hit us with it. Number four. Four is Tokyo Drift for me. Okay. I love Tokyo Drift. Uh, frankly, it might actually be the best standalone movie in the series. Um, like we if we're it. if we if you rip it out of the context of the series, I think it might just be the best m- movie in it. You know, I really really love Justin Lin's direction in this movie. I really like his use of music in this movie, mm-hmm. um, even though it's like butt rock and like really like <laughs> kind of like bad hip hop. It, it is so well used within the context of the movie itself that like even when Kid Rock needle drops at one point. <laughs> It, it oh, like the best. Actually, the it best. works. It yeah. like really fucking works in the context of that scene. It, 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 like, I just think that movie is like kind of firing on all cylinders. Yeah, I like it a lot. I love the. Uh, it's called Tokyo Drift, but I love the drifting sequences. This where they're good, and not even you know the the big ones are you know when the two cars are basically having sex as they rotate around each other. You know what <laughs> I mean? I love the hill sequence, the side of the yeah. hill at night while they're going. I think that's beautiful. I think that's like one of the most actually like beautiful cinematic moments in in the series mm-hmm. i love that stuff now here's a question for you if you were showing someone these movies for the first time yeah would you show one two three four five or would you show one two four five six three i would go in the order they were released okay i don't think i would go for the chronological storytelling thing only because for one as we talked about before that's part of the hilarious fun of the series is that the timeline is it's such true. a fucking mess and insane and two I don't understand why people even have arguments over which which order to watch the Star Wars movies in the prequels are clearly designed to be movies that you see once you've seen four, five, the original trilogy they are true. designed with you knowing information about those other movies that if you watched those movies without the context of four, five, and six half of it wouldn't make sense there are like reveals in those movies that are based on your knowledge of the other ones and i think the same is true of this series you know what i mean yeah it would almost make less sense to find out that that's how and when han dies watching it in order because like suddenly people have like old cell phones and you're like when is this happening we've done it both ways next time you watch through the series watch in chronological order if you haven't because it's like a it's a different experience in two different ways one it's fun to have like the han reveal later It is, and it plays way differently. And two, it's really nice to break up between six and seven with a really light quick fun movie oh yeah that makes sense to me actually yeah Yeah. it's it's the length of it really that we're like oh yeah because they get as you know when hit five they're all two hours and 15 minutes oh yeah and to cut in the shorter one it's like oh yes nice a a little breather i like it yeah yeah and then you get back to the gravity of seven right so then seven hits you harder yeah because you were like having so much fun and then it's like uh oh this is the paul walker one i wonder if we're ever going to go back i don't know that we are but i think for the foreseeable future at least the next two laps as we show Hopefully, fingers crossed, they follow our directions and don't cheat like Kara did, either accidentally or on purpose. Uh, we're going to do Tokyo Drift after six, but we'll find out. Okay. Ooh, that's interesting. That's top interesting. three. Yeah. You got five, six, and seven. Your little trilogy, your self proclaimed trilogy here. Yes, your top yes. three. What's the order? What's number three? Uh, three is five. Fast okay. five. Okay. Uh, I know that this is most people's favorite Fast and Furious mm-hmm. movie, and I feel like had I watched them as they were coming out, I would probably have strong feelings about that, too, because this really does feel like the movie where they figure out this is the ultimate blueprint of a Fast and Furious movie, probably, right? I mean, it's like, yeah, this is where they really figure out what these movies are and how fun they can really be if they just kind of like... It's weird. It's like they step back from 
the real drama of it and lean harder into the melodrama of it in that movie. And I think that's where it really starts to click because of that, you know? It becomes more soap opera-y, yeah, even more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just think that the emotional heights that 6 and 7 ultimately get to weigh a little harder for me in my rankings than, than this movie. This one is maybe the most fun, but uh, I like the emotional resonance that, that 6 and 7 have. I think they speak to what I like about the series a little more. So number 2. Number 2 is 7, and number 1 is 6. Okay. Six is my number one. I think I know that it is. it probably doesn't belong there in some way, right? No, people agree with you, man. Five and six are like one and two. The only one you're really not in line with most people on is the first one. The, the people like the first one more than you do. I get that you didn't have the nostalgia. Right, I don't have that one. nostalgia exactly. for it, yeah. You know, everything else, like, it, it all tracks. Like, you're, you're right. I mean, again, that's not that's not a good thing or a bad thing. It's just like a, right, you're not right. wrong for loving six because everybody yeah, loves six. Yeah, we keep track <sighs> of everybody's ranking, so Joey has, like, the averages of, like, yeah. what it mm-hmm. is. So, you're, you're yeah, you're falling pretty much right. in line. That's good yeah. to know because I love six. I think that six has, like, like, the highway sequence to me is like, that's where everything coalesces, right? The family stuff, the <laughs> melodrama, the action, the set pieces, the stunts. All of the stuff you love about these movies happens in those 10 minutes all at once. You know yeah. what I mean? In doing so, gives you actually probably the most iconic image of the series, which somehow is a Tyrese image. Uh, him, like, uh, you know, uh, sort of flying in front of the tank over top of the car, right? <laughs> yeah. That might be the most iconic image from the whole series. It's up there. But but the moment that, uh, you know, Dom launches himself across a chasm between two highways to catch oh, yeah. Letty Oof. and then fall oh, yeah. onto a car and stand up and go, oh, some things you gotta take on faith. Uh, <laughs> is like, that is the series. That's the whole fucking series in a nutshell. You know what it I mean? Is. Diesel sounds like if Stallone and Kermit had a baby. Like, that's where it's falling. <laughs> Like I like that. That's almost I, I, Stallone, but it's not quite Stallone. It's a little bit of Frank Oz. It's a little bit of Kermit. It's like right in that wheelhouse. If you will, <laughs> I am playing to the uh, potentially Muppety nature of uh, one Vin Diesel. Sure, of course. Mm. Uh, no, I just am doing a terrible impression. <laughs> it's all good, man. If you've listened, I know you've listened to podcasts before. I know you talked about past guests. So now we've got the either-or questions, mm. the hard-hitting, you know, insightful, very difficult either-or lightning round questions. Are you ready for these? I'm ready. I'll keep it as lightning as I can. Okay. No, you're fine. You no. can explain <laughs> You can explain your answers if you want. You don't have to. If you want to like let the mystery be like the leftovers taught us, you can. But you don't <laughs> have to. All right, all right. Are you more of a Brian or a Dom? Ooh, it Am I more of a Brian or a Don? Yes. Not, yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, these are about you. How do you how do you see yourself? Because we're gonna do a character quiz later. We're gonna find out which family member you are. But all right, of these two, are you more Brian or are you more Dom? Here's the thing. I actually think in reality I'm probably more of a Dom than a Brian. But I feel weird saying that because I feel like when you say you're more of a Dom, you're trying to speak to the like the masculinity of that character, and that's definitely not what I mean. <laughs> No, 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 no. There's there's a lot of family in that character, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. I think it's more the patriarchal kind of nature of that character. Okay. Not patriarchal, because that feels like a hot term right now that I don't intend to... Uh, uh, but, like, patriarch. Uh, yes. Fa- you know, a family. Yes. Uh, I get yeah. it. So now we added this question, and then immediately we, like, are not allowed to talk about police anymore because ACAB and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, yeah, yeah. is Brian a good cop or a bad cop or said more in a way that you don't have to say necessarily he's a good cop? Is he good at his job? Okay, so separating this from the reality we're all living through where ACAB for sure, ACAB, ACAB, ACAB all day. Separated from that reality, but also kind of implied by it. I think that Brian might be a good cop in the sense that Brian stops being a fucking cop when he realizes it's not, you know? He realizes justice is not being done 
through his policing and leaves. Interesting. And does, and does it's justice a man. by wantonly murdering innocent people in the streets with his family. <laughs> it's a one-man abolish the police effort. He's like, right. I'm doing my part. I'm abolishing 100% of my involvement. That's right. In the That's police. right. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. So okay. good cop. I love good it. Cop. That's a great answer. Wow. We haven't had that yet. No, that's great. Okay, really now I feel better one. about asking that question now. Okay, <laughs> are you more of a Mia or a Letty? I am more of a Mia, I would say. Okay. Letty is probably who I wish I could be. Sure. Letty mm. is like, she gets shit done, and uh, boy, do I wish I could get some shit done. Not that Mia doesn't, but I think uh, maybe unfortunately more just in, in the way these movies are written and made. She doesn't have a lot to do usually in this series, and that prob- that feels a little more like my place in my life, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Are you more of a Tej or a Roman? Oh, man. Am I more of a Tej or a Roman? Probably. Uh, as much as I hate to admit it, I'm more of a Roman. I'm definitely... I definitely think that I am a fun, funny person that probably people are mostly like, you fucking nerd. <laughs> now, this is one you said before that you're not a Letty because you wish you were a Letty. This is one that people have this kind of answer, this kind of reaction to this question. Are you more appropriate for this one? You more of a Hobbs or a Shaw? This is the one that I thought a lot about when I was listening to your show last week and have completely forgot what I thought about it's it. It's very, yeah. very difficult. Am I more of a Hobbs or a Shaw? I think I'm more of a Hobbs. Wow, okay. I think so. I think going along with like being more of a Dom than a Brian, I do. Th- I think I'm more of a Hobbs than Shaw. Even And actually, I mean, this is something we should talk about. Hobbs is actually one of the strangest characters in the franchise. His evolution is like almost random. It's like very strange the way that character grows. <laughs> the Hobbs that we meet in Hobbs and Shaw feels more like what I think of my... Like where he's like a little bit... like. like I, you get the impression he's like the lazier of the two, and that's where I fall in. That's, okay, that, that's what I'm saying. Interesting. By the book, he seems so. He seems so so productive to me. Where do you get the laziness from? Yeah, maybe lazy was the wrong word for that. But like, in by the time we get to Hobbs and Shaw, he's no longer putting even like the appropriate clothes on to like do the job that he's doing. Right? Fair. He's just wearing fucking tank tops and like cargo shorts everywhere he goes even though he's like i don't know works for like some specialized government agency or whatever the fuck he's still doing in that movie even though you're saying he's a play play by the book guy i actually think he's like a play by his own rules guy it's Mm. just that his rules sometimes align with the book fair that's a good yeah that's fair do you prefer american muscle or imports. Oh, American Muscle Baby. Come on. Okay. What are we talking about? I'll tell you a thing that I discovered through these movies is I actually have a love of cars and specifically Ooh. car movies. There okay. you go. I, I did not know that about myself. I never considered myself a car person. Wow. These movies got me into be. I was like, oh, specifically, I think cars look cool on screen. They're like very cool in movies. Sure. Yeah. I don't think I'll ever be able to afford a cool car, so I just... D- I. You I don't think I can actually, yeah, I can't consider myself a car person, really, you know, because uh, yep. I'll never have the opportunity to, you know, even get behind the wheel of one. But I love the way cars look on screen. These movies taught me that. And so what it eventually gave me an appreciation of is, like, I went deep down the rabbit hole of, like, now I've seen Vanishing Point. The Driver is one of my favorite movies. <laughs> there you go. And a lot of those movies, it's American Muscle is what looks yeah. so good on the screen. And so that that has kind of become my, my favorite kind of car. That's what we learned this lap, because we're cutting in classic car movies and in the middle of all of our Fast and Furious movies. And, like, there's basically three cars that are in every 70s and 80s car yes. movie, and they're always the same Charger and Challenger. Like, it's yes. those two cars. Charger, Challenger, Dude, Mustang. In yep. every movie. I mean, the Challenger might be my favorite car, and it might be because it's just in every good fucking movie yeah. about cars. Yep. Yeah. You know? Agreed. 
Um, okay. And it's a good looking car. Like that it is, is a beautiful. that is an unquestionably like great looking car. Yeah, man. Yeah, I agree. I've loved that since I saw Death Proof. I was just like, oh no, this yeah. is cool. Even yeah. before I knew what Vanishing Point was, when I, I know. Was and you have you guys seen Vanishing Point at, at, at this? We point? watched it this lap. Yeah, we did. Oh man, that movie is so good. I think yeah. I really I like, like that, that movie. movie too. Do you prefer Corona? Or Belgian ale. Uh, I definitely prefer Belgian ale, but uh, boy, guys, come on, that's not to say I'm above a Corona. Oh no, with, no, no, with no, the no, fan. It's know? all preference. Absolutely. It's all yeah, preference. Yeah, yeah. It's no, no wrong answers here. Okay, now we're doing a job. We're out. We're we need to take down a bad guy. We need to steal a safe. We need to do something. I don't know what we're doing. Are you in the field? Are you a racer? Are you out there helping us in the field? Or are you back in HQ? Are you the man in the chair? Are you the designer? Sadly, I have to admit that I'm probably in HQ. Okay. I, I don't think I could handle the field as much as I'd Not like to think I could need, be badass out there. the man in the there. chair. This is another one of the personality ones, Joey, that like if you're here with us right now, 100%. you're probably the man in the chair. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> like, Otherwise, you'd be out doing shit. <laughs> at best, I'm Luke Evans' character, right? Where, yeah. Yeah. where like... <laughs> I'm I'm mostly behind a computer, but like sometimes if I have to, I I will get my hands dirty. You know. I mean, it's the same thing that I, I keep saying that like people who are Letty don't have podcasts. That's what exactly. it is. Right, right, right. Like, yes, we, that's yes. not to say that we're not going to have people who are Letty on the podcast, but right. like if you host a podcast, you're probably not a Letty. Right, right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So now, Garrett, we say enough of the chair. We need you on this job. You come out with us. We have to go in another room and steal a car. We're like, we need you to distract this room. My we need question. you to sing a song, karaoke style. What song are you singing to distract this room? Oh, my God. I don't know. I hate karaoke. This is a terrible question. I don't but like this at all. you have to. You have to. I know, to. I know. To save us. You have to get the crowd on your side to distract Oh, wait. Them. I have to get the crowd on my... Because you were no, saying no, you distraction. No, you distract them. You okay, just okay. distract them. Because distraction I can do by just like... I mean, like anything, right? Like, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think. What's a song that would just sound terrible if I tried to? Well, all of them. But yeah, I don't know. Oh, you know what I would do? I would totally do. I think it's from the Eight soundtrack. I would just do that. Um, what the hell is that? What the song that was the single from that about having horsepower? No, Fate of the Furious. Fate of the Furious had a song. single. Oh, it's called Horses by P and B Rock, Kodak Black, and A Boogie. Yeah, and the the chorus is like all the horses in my car going yeah yeah or something like that. <laughs> I would probably do that just because I think it's very funny that they refer to the horses in their car. That was a terrible answer. I don't know how no, that would no, actually no. be distracting. We've gotten everything, man. Yeah. Like, I'm just curious about it. Yeah. Horses yeah. by P&B Rock, Kodak Black, and A Boogie. Okay. Guys, listen to that as soon as we get off of this. It is one of the funniest <laughs> songs that's ever been made for a movie. I love these soundtracks. Like Again, oh, watching Hobbs and Shaw today, I was like, I fucking love the Hobbs and Shaw soundtrack. And yeah. I think that it will go down as like... It's up there with like Tokyo Drift for me at this point. It's like the oh, yeah, first yeah. one, Tokyo Drift and Hobbs and Shaw are like, wow, you guys fucking nailed it on these. Yeah, that Tokyo Drift soundtrack is so good. I love that uh, Teriyaki Boys song. That's like oh, the, yeah. yeah, it's like so good. We are successful. We steal all the money. We get all of our wildest dreams. We go to Las Vegas. We go to Rio. We go to Monte Carlo. We go somewhere, Abu Dhabi. We got to go to the roulette table and we got to put it all on, on the line. Are you putting all that money you just won on black? Or on red. Black. Knowing absolutely nothing about that game or gambling. It's a 50-50 shot, man. Well, kind of, but yeah. Yeah, right? Don't they say bet on black? Wesley Snipes says always bet on black. Yeah, that's right. what people, that's what's in, that's burning in the people's brains. Yeah. Everyone's brain, apparently. Yep. Yeah. For a movie that no one has seen, Passenger I've, I don't. I didn't even know I was referencing a movie. <laughs> yeah. And you call yourself Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
Would you rather, knowing you're safe either way, would you rather jump a car out of a plane or drive a car into a plane before the plane takes off? Knowing you're safe either way, knowing that you're not going to get hurt or killed, just going to have the adrenaline rush, you're going to have the fear, whatever emotions you have, drive a car into a plane before it takes off or parachute a car out of a plane like they do in 7? I think that parachuting out of a plane is probably just like definitively more interesting and exciting than just like it is you know pulling up and parking inside of a you know how different well, is that from moving. a garage the, the plane's moving okay so we're talking like infinite runway and infinite end runway of six. Yes. Yeah, yeah yeah okay so there's something inherently badass about like finally pulling up into that moving plane and you know like doing a tokyo drift at you know right up to somebody's shoes where they're like standing there waiting for you mm-hmm. you know but i still think parachuting out of a plane is probably cooler that's probably what i want to do Okay. Cooler. Yeah, we always go by, I always go by what's scarier, right? Like, <laughs> and Speaking of cooler, metaphorically, oh. not literally, but metaphorically, would you rather die, because one of these is very literally much cooler than the other temperature-wise, would you rather die in a fiery explosion or by drowning in icy water? Oh, uh, boy. Tough. It's tough. Yeah. I, like, my initial instinct was to say burn, thinking that, like... I feel like I've heard that drowning is like unexpectedly uh, uh, painful, but then the icy water would maybe just kind of like shock you so mm-hmm. so fast that the rest of it would be okay. Yeah, I think I'm going drowning. I think I'm drowning in the icy water. Okay, it's uncommon, but I think it's what is. No, wait, what did I do? Oh no, I did fire explosion. You did icy water, Joe. I mean, Gemini. Who knows what you actually stick with? But uh, yeah, <laughs> is the word oil one syllable or two? Well, this is a one syllable word, my friend. Oof, oil. No. Oil. It's technically it's neither, but I still I can't believe all the momentum I had has been absolutely Oil. lost by this. Whew. Yep. What a what a reversal. In my opinion, a syllable, right? You you would ha- to indicate a syllable, you would write the word down and you would break up where those syllables are. And you would not be able to do that with oil Oy because L. it's one syllable. Oy right, L. but where would you draw the line that breaks that up into those Between two? Between the I and the L. Oi, L. No, I don't think so, because I think the L part, oil. the I is part of giving you the L sound, so it's mm-hmm. oil. It's all one sound. So technically what it is, and somebody wrote in to tell us this, it is a diphthong, which is basically it's one oh, yes. and a half syllable. So it's right. neither. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... That makes sense. That makes sense to me. I know what you're saying now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one syllable, baby. Okay. Now, neither of these chains are in the greater Philadelphia area. I don't know if you've had either of these. I don't know if you have a preference between either of these. But do you prefer In-N-Out or Whataburger? So I've heard you guys talk about this a lot, and all it has made me curious about is what a what a what is what a bur what a what a bur I'm trying to create a what way a, to make that into a pun. Yeah, yeah, I can't get I can't get the pun out of it. Have you had In and Out? I think I have had In and Out because I, I have cousins in California. I visited them a couple times. Now, I that's feel... interesting that you don't remember. I that don't. Was that I... Unmemorable. That was unremarkable yeah. enough it, to not it remember. Wasn't garbage like fucking what a burger. No, he just doesn't know it. That's a, it's a mystery. There's something positive about not knowing what it is. Yeah, Ugh. I don't. Yeah, I, I feel like it didn't strike me as terribly different from just like fast food and general so it didn't didn't really uh, uh sway me one way or the other which is why i probably don't remember it but i don't know what whataburger is so i, I i'll I just say tbd for now i'll just say yeah, that yeah, it's, yeah. it's too yeah. it's too soon to judge yeah yeah what's okay. your normal go-to burger do you guys have not i this is not my normal go-to burger but do you guys have shake shacks we yeah, do. yeah yeah yep. for sure is, I is don't that what a whataburger is no it's its own thing shake shack is too high of a tier for 
okay, a burger so it, in and out. Okay, so what a burger it's is like mid tier. No, okay, okay, I mean, okay. sorry, Shake Shack. I I consider it mid tier. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Shake Shack's like an expensive agreed. fast food burger. Like, agreed, that's, agreed, agreed. That's more in line, I think, and it didn't always used to be this way, but it's now it's more in line with like Five Guys. Yeah, like yeah. what a burger is like. I guess McDonald's it's kind of in and out. Level. It's like it's like a, no, it's like a, it's like a half tier above McDonald's. I mean, it's not. That's fair. Okay, it's I'll it's take not. That. It's it's a mustard based burger is the best. It's just like it's it's cheap. Like you can get it. It's, it's like Burger it's affordable, King though. But yeah, it's like Burger King. It's mm-hmm. not it's mm-hmm. not a particularly special. It's just a regional del- delicacy, I guess, gotcha. of Texas. Gotcha. So I don't fair, know. fair. Okay. Oh, uh, my go to burger, by the way, is a place here in Philadelphia called Punk Burger, and Ooh. they are delicious. Have you Punk been? To, so you, you do this. drink beer. Have you been to Joe? I don't remember the name of the brewery. Tired you, Hands. Tired Hands in Ardmore. Uh, I have not been to Tired Hands in Ardmore. <laughs> I want to. Love it. Yeah, I would love to go. A buddy of mine for a long time worked at Neshaminy Creek. Do you, are you guys familiar with their beer? My friend's friend owns Neshaminy Creek. I probably know your friend's friend. Yeah, uh, Neshaminy Creek is great. Uh, that's the brewery that I, I go to most out here, but mm. um, I've not been to Tired Hands yet. So Tired, Tired Hands also Hands opened a pop-up shop in Fishtown, yeah. or a beer garden in Fishtown, but there are mm-hmm. more one. They also have like a Michelin star chef on staff. It's just, it's great. It's great. Whoa, the food okay. is fucking awesome. Take a ride up there and go eat, too. Tired Hands is like one of my favorite breweries to go to. Like We would drive from Connecticut to go to Tired Hands. That sounds great. And they have their own kitchen. They're not like... Uh, yeah, like, they have their own yeah, kitchen. Nice. There's actually two of them. They have like a charcuterie kind of like cafe, mm-hmm. and then they also have like one down the street that has like a full kitchen. Yeah, I, I love Tired great. Hands. We're big beer guys, too, so... Oh, I okay. love it, yeah. No context. Mm-hmm. Revenge of the Nerds mm-hmm. or The Dark Knight. Dark Knight. Why those two movies? Because at the end of eight, when Roman and Tej are hitting on Ramsey, and Roman says, you really going to go with Revenge of the Nerds, talking about Tej over the Dark Knight, calling himself mm-hmm. Batman. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's one of the more lopsided results that we have, because like, people either don't know or don't like Revenge of the Nerds. Everybody seemingly loves the Dark Knight. So it's, yeah. it's Actually, my answer on that one was less to do with liking the Dark Knight, which I do, and more to just do with like Revenge of the Nerds is maybe one of the 80s comedies that's aged the worst. You yep. know what I mean? That's what uh, everybody so, says. Yeah. yeah. If you hear the freeze, okay, <laughs> let me take a step back. <laughs> so you come up to visit. You take might know this. You might know this question. You might know this question is coming. You come up to visit. I'm like, Garrett, I got the, the, the best place. We're going to go out to lunch. It's going to be great. You know, it's got little red candles. It's got wood tables. Plantain. It's got plantains. It's got mm-hmm. food all over the place. Mm-hmm. When I use the phrase to describe a restaurant as it having food all over the place, what does that mean to you? <laughs> Food all over the place. Yeah. I mean, frankly, the first thing I picture is just like a restaurant in disarray after some sort of, I don't know, food fight between all of the okay. patrons and cooking staff. Between? So, that, so it's, it's it's staff versus customers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. through the window. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's steak came out like, t- like undercooked in a way that really made them furious and it just erupted into a civil war between the staff and the, uh, the customers. <laughs> I like wow. I like the imagery of the food coming through like the serving window. Yeah. Like, somebody threw their steak back at like into That's the right. kitchen and then the kitchen staff was like, "Well, fuck that." And That's they just right. like lost it that day. And it's a Denny's so they they do those grand slam oh, meals, <laughs> you know, and so they're just they're literally Multiple slamming plates. grand slams across the uh <laughs> Yeah, six restaurant. different plates just being yeah. flung like like frisbees. I Oof. love it. So now, similarly, sort of a description. This is open ended again. You know, it feels like every one of these questions so far we've had like the multiple choice, either or. This for the second time in a row, it's a short essay question, short answer essay. If you hear a person is described as having no knees, what does that mean? <laughs> if you say oh, no knees to knees, you know, no knees to knees. What does having no knees, or what does somebody calling someone no knees Denise or no knees whatever? 
What does that mean to you? Am I right that this is like a reference to? No, it's not, is it? Oh, right. It is. Yeah. 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 Ne- right. I fucking forgot about that. Yeah. No. You know what I was actually going to say was, is this a reference to a No Effects song? And then I remembered, no, that's a. Uh, I forget what they call her in that song. There's a No Effects song about like a, a girl that doesn't have legs. Yeah. This is about in. I think it's in yeah, seven. Where seven. Brian I seven. think. Right. Uh, uh, Roman. Right. Yep. Yes. Oh, the No Effects song is called "She's Nubs." Yeah, she's nubs. Yep, that's what it is. The War on Errorism, I think, was the album. Yeah, I don't know why I know that, actually. I'm not even a big NoFX fan. No knee. Yeah, you know what? I never even thought about what the hell that would mean. No knee. Oh, yeah, no, Denise. most people don't. It's a one line throwaway joke in Seven that we've, like, really tried to we figure out who the fuck was talking about. I mean, why. frankly, frankly, the thing that it makes me think about, and, and forgive me for this because I, I, I don't even. I don't know what they're trying, but it makes me think about doggy style sex. Okay, but I oh. and somehow her being bad at it or ill fitted for it or so. I, I don't even like to be talking about a, a a made up woman this way. But she's like really floppy. Like she has no uh, no like structure to. She has her. no foundation. She has no yeah. foundation to her to her doggy style positioning. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It, I don't know why that's what my brain went to for that, and I feel really bad that it's what it went to for that. I'm not. Hey, well, she she doesn't even exist. Maybe mostly. I know she's so. yeah yeah she's a, a made up person in a in a really bizarre franchise of movies, but I don't yeah. I don't like that. That's what I said about Noni's Denise. <laughs> it's okay. I, mean, I regret it, you know, it. It's fine. It's totally fine. Do you have a favorite character in the franchise? Much easier question, you know, as opposed to just coming up with Noni's what Noni's means. Do you have a favorite character in this franchise? Is Dom my favorite character ultimately? It might be Dom. I don't think we have a Dom yet, which is... Cr- oh, no, we have one Dom. Larson said Dom, but that's crazy. Dom, yeah, not a very popular pick, even though Dom is, like, the lifeblood. The easy answer is Han, I think. Of right. course, yeah. Uh, Han is so cool, and he's so fun to spend a movie with. Um, I'm also... I'm a big fan of the actor Joe Taslam, who is one of the, the sort of evil crew in uh, uh, Furious 6. Oh, oh, wow. He's been in a lot of great movies. He's, he's in a ton yeah, of great raid. movies. Yep, okay, yep. I cool. love that actor. Um, he's a great martial artist, which is mostly what they use him for in six. Wait, is he the guy who slams Brian? Is he the guy who like Brian sends down the elevator shaft? I can't remember. He's the guy though that there's a two-on-one fight with Han and uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, who, yep. who is it? It's Han and Roman. Take him on Tej, in like a subway. I think it's Tej? Maybe it's Tej. Yeah, it might be Tej. The subway fights. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah. subway fight. Yeah. Um, he's a great martial artist. He's like super fun to watch. Yes. The thing I love about him is he smolders. I don't know how else to describe that, but anytime you see his face, he's just smoldering all the time. Um, I would love to uh, uh, see him be that guy. But I think ultimately Dom, I mean, it's kind of just because he's who the movies are really about, but he is the most interesting character in the series. He's the one that we know the most about, I think. Are the movies about Dom or are they about Brian? I think they're about Dom. I mean... I think that they started about Brian. I think that unfortunately we lose Brian and that forces it to, to shift the focus to Dom a little bit. And I think in doing so, it almost retroactively makes it a lot about Dom more okay. than Brian. But also, I like it or not, uh, Vin Diesel is the sort of you know leading producer act, in some ways oh, mastermind yeah. behind this series. Even if the first one was about Brian... I think pretty immediately, once you bring Diesel back into the series, once you get to four, they are Diesel movies that Brian gets to be a part of. 
They're, they are Dom movies that Brian gets to tag along for, in my opinion. I get it. So I'm writing down Dom slash Ja. His name is Ja. <laughs> oh, is that Joe Taslam's name? Yes, Joe Taslam. And he did not, he's not the one down the elevator shaft. I think that might be Tony Ja, which is different than this Ja, because that's J-A-A. <laughs> I totally forgot that Tony Ja is also in that movie. Jesus yep. Christ. But yeah, Ja <laughs> dies when he and a guy named Dellinger are killed when Tej rams their vehicle into a cargo plane's crosswind. So he dies mm, yeah, on yeah, the yeah, runway. Yep. So now to kick off the conversation about Hobbs and Shaw, we're going to ask three questions that aren't necessarily about Hobbs and Shaw. One of them is, but you can answer one of these, you can answer two of these, you can answer all three of these, whatever you want. The floor is yours. Do you have a favorite car? I know you mentioned a couple before. Do you have a favorite car movie other than these movies, other than Fast and Furious, a favorite car movie, number one? You said you might never be able to afford a fancy car, but do you have a Barbie dream car? If money were Mm -hmm. no object, what was your Mm. your dream car? Mm. And then number three, do you have a favorite car or car stunt in Hobbs and Shaw? So favorite non-Fast and Furious car movie, Barbie dream car, favorite car or car stunt in this movie? And these are the last time, Joe. This is the last time we're going to ask these questions because next lap, new questions. Yeah, that's true. The Driver is probably my favorite car movie. Have you guys seen The Driver? I haven't. Yes. The Driver is incredible. And what I will say about The Driver is the first time I saw it, it was a three-star movie. The second time I saw it, it was a four-star movie. And when I saw it again and every time since, it's been a five-star movie. It is the movie that just, like, I think it's better every time you watch it. Interesting. It is directed by Walter Hill, he of uh, the Warriors fame. I I don't even know how to describe it. It's a very quiet movie. The main character hardly ever talks. Bruce Stern plays opposite him and never stops talking. (laughs) It's very fun. It really is just two car chases. It's like it starts with a car chase and it ends with a car chase. And in between is just this very moody kind of crime story that I just love. Uh, It's a wonderful, wonderful movie. I I can't recommend it enough. I think I've only seen it once because I gave it three stars on Letterboxd, so next time I see it, I'm sure if I watched it this lap, if we did it in the classic car movies, I I probably would have given it four stars, so I feel like I'm right there with you. So The Driver, yeah, I think that's for sure on our list for next time, but when we do classic car movies again, we will get to that, so cool. The car, like my Barbie dream car, Mm -hmm. would be, and please Google this because you probably, I don't think you'll know what this car is by name. Go ahead. The 1956 BMW Isetta 300. I-S-E-T-T-A. Isetta, Isetta. What is this? Whoa, that's a weird-looking car. Oh, it's, it's like a, a Fiat. Oh, it's weirder than a Fiat. But like it so, opens oh, the front. It's so goofy, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so there's this director, Herschel Gordon Lewis. He made a bunch of splatter movies in Who the people 60s and might 70s. Know, I don't know that people are going to know him, but if you've seen the movie Juno, the horror movie that they're watching in oh. Juno is The Wizard of Gore, which he made. That's the one that people would probably recognize yeah. the name of. Uh, or Blood Feast is the I've other one that's I've seen something kind of... weird. I think I saw that in Austin. I think that was probably a Weird Wednesday or a Terror Tuesday movie. Yes. Yeah, and something weird is kind of fun. Uh, it's like about a witch that has like a tattoo of lips on her kneecap. It's really weird. <laughs> no knees. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so he made a movie called How to Make a Doll. That is pretty terrible. Uh, most of his movies are terrible. I can't, but How to Make a Doll, I can't even really recommend, even in the terribleness of his movies. However, it does feature this car, the 1956 BMW Asetta 300, which is like the smallest car I've ever seen. It's practically it's a the size car. of a yeah. It's like practically the size of a smart car. You know, it's like really small. Yeah. It is so small that they did not put doors on it. All they did was make what is the hood and windshield of the car one piece that you can sort of push open 
And then that has like the steering wheel on like a big crankshaft that just kind of moves out of the way when you open the front of the car to step yeah, in and out of it. Wild. Here's a very important history. If you look on Google Images, one of these suggested searches is Steve Urkel. Apparently in Family Matters, Urkel drove an Isetta. That oh. does not surprise me because even in this movie, which is – this movie is from 1968, I think. Mm-hmm. Even in this movie – all they do is make fun of this car. Uh, the main character is supposed to be like a total schlub. The fact that this is his car is part of what highlights that for you, that he's just a fucking schlubby moron, you know? Uh, makes sense. And, yep. and it's like a terrible movie, and all they do is shit on this car that they got for it. It's so <laughs> funny. I like it. This thing is interesting. This will be a lot of fun to, like, have. It, it reminds me, it's like something you would give, like, you know, a new driver, right? Like, it's yeah. like very small. Like, it'd just be like, oh, this is cute. I yeah. like that in your review, what you did not mention yet is that in your review for How to Make a Doll, you mentioned that this has a hefty 13 horsepower, which, who boy? Yeah. Oh, man, all my horses, you sing your song, brother. That's right, that's right. <laughs> yeah, it's a one-cylinder engine, if I remember right. Yep. Uh, oh, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it's a, a lawnmower. real piece of shit. And uh, God, would I love to own one. It would be so funny to have one of those in my driveway. Oh, and for just, sure. What I would love to do is hand the keys to someone and be like, figure out how to, the fuck to get in that car. Go ahead. <laughs> they apparently re- they brought it back. They were talking about bringing it back as an electric vehicle a couple years ago. So I don't know if it's back or not. Why someone also souped it up to they... a 715 horsepower. Maybe that's in a video game. I don't know. Yeah, maybe oh in a video. Game. Where are you going to put the engine for 715 horses? I don't know. Why would you ever use that design for a modern car? Who would ever want a car that you had to literally move the steering wheel out of the way to get in it? Yeah, but that's a smart man. car, man. I mean, it's very similar, minus the goofy front opening part. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's yeah. so funny. It's like the funniest. What was the other question I forgot? The last question for is favorite ridiculous car, car or favorite car stunt in this movie? Oh, uh, right. In, uh, in, in, in Hobbs and Shaw. Yep. I mean, we could just do the next hour on how to make a doll if you'd prefer. I mean, no, no, it's all right. Hobbs and Shaw is another one of these movies that I don't think has great car stunts in it. Sure. Okay. I I wish that it had had more. So probably my favorite one is the crazy chain of cars that you get to at the end. Of course, that's a great answer. Because honestly, it's the only scene in the movie that truly feels like a Fast and Furious action sequence. Rachel pointed out how much fun she liked watching Brixton on the motorcycle do like all that fun like kind oh, of cyborgy yes. motorcycle-y things. Yeah. So I get that's not like a car stunt, but like when she pointed that out, I was like, yeah, you know what? Like as much as you like you're saying we don't get like a lot of like fast and the furious type stunts, we do get those which are very cool and interesting because I don't think we get like a ton of motorcycle anything anywhere else. So I actually agree with you because the the weird thing about those things to me is like I, I tend to not like in these movies where they do like I, I like that these movies are unrealistic in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But I, I I don't like when they're doing stuff that I feel like, well there's no fucking possible way anybody actually did this, which is what a lot of Brixton's motorcycle stuff feels like. Yet it looks so fucking cool. It's one of the only purely digital car things in these movies that I think looks incredibly fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really like that stuff. We might have talked about this forever ago, but past guest of the show and friend of the pod, Jordan, Jordan Poland Clark, said that when she saw Black Panther and they have that like remote driving where Shuri is mm. driving and like there's the car yeah. and he like whatever, she's like, yeah. I want to see the Fast and the Furious do it because like mm-hmm. they could do it even better. It's like, take all the weird, crazy car stuff that you've never seen anywhere else and then put it in the hands of people who like know car movies 
movies. Oh, I yeah. just let them run with it. And I think that's a good point. Like it's always the weird, wacky, I've never seen this before in my life, but okay, let's 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 try it. Like yeah. why isn't yeah, why isn't Tej or Ramsey the one who's like remote controlling the cars? And Cypher kinda does it with the like zombie yeah, cars, zombie but she cars. doesn't like but she doesn't like drive it like cool. She just like kind of right. drives them all off of like one direction, right? So Yeah, and actually the the thing about that sequence that is cool but is also a get like that that movie in particular I think what is that director F Gary Gray yep. he did okay with that movie but I, he's just such a Justin Lin really put such a stamp on those movies by making so Agreed. many of them yes. back to back you know and Juan I think actually picked up that torch very well with 7 I don't think Gray does it as well in 8 but the zombie car sequence the thing I like about that is that it looks like a herd of animals oh like a stampede yes uh, interesting I think that is a cool fucking idea that that's what that looks like. That they tried to visualize it like it's like buffalo stampeding, right? Yeah, I think a little that King is action. a really cool idea. But I hate that it all just looks like digital mumbo jumbo. You know what I mean? It's like it, it doesn't look like anything. Yeah, I get it. Now, the floor is yours, Hobbs mm. and Shaw. Mm. Your seventh, if I remember right, seventh favorite movie in the franchise. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What do you love about this? What do you not like about it? How do you feel about this movie in relation to the rest of the movies? It feels like the biggest issue that people have with this movie, aside from people who just like objectively don't like it, but it feels like a lot of people think that it's not, it shouldn't be considered a Fast and Furious movie. Like it's obviously in the same universe, yeah. characters have crossed over, but they feel like it's too far removed. It doesn't fit in the franchise. So how do you feel about that? What do you love about this movie? What do you wish was better? Anywhere you want to go, the floor is yours. Hobbs and Shaw, go. So I I have complicated feelings about this movie because on one hand, I want to say that I kind of agree that this does not totally fit the milieu of this series. Mm -hmm. Here's maybe the best way to describe this. Watching it this time, what I realized was, and I've noticed this with a couple of movies recently, um, Rise of Skywalker really gave me these vibes too. I feel like this movie is two movies crammed into one movie. It feels like... It feels yeah. like its own sequel is in this movie. I felt that this time, too. That's so crazy you say that, because I feel like when they get to Samoa, that's yes. like the sequel. Yes. Like, that's the definitive line that I drew that I was like, like, it actually has like two acts, right? It's like the yes. first act and then that, and then like, then the Samoa part definitely felt like a sequel to me, too. Yep, I'm 100% with you, brother. For one thing, you know, the as most movies are now, these are too long, generally. I I think even the good ones are often too long. This one, you really distinctly feel that because the storytelling itself, as we're both kind of agreeing here, like kind of divides it really distinctively in half. And it feels like two kind of different movies. But here's the thing, is that first movie, the movie before we get to Samoa, is the movie that does not feel like a Fast and Furious movie to me, really at all. Um, Interesting. It's a very fun, very fun action movie. I think this where this movie rocks is the leads are so charismatic and so fun to spend a movie with, it doesn't matter to me that it ultimately doesn't feel that much like a Fast and Furious movie. Sure. I think it is just brimming with like charisma and 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 not just among our favorites who uh, you know I, I I love both Jason Statham and The Rock. I mean, I, both, both both within the context of the series, outside of the series, I love both of them. I think they play off of each other great. Their charisma, it's crazy. They have so much chemistry. But Vanessa Kirby is such a welcome addition to the this greatest. universe, I think. Yeah. She's so fucking good in this movie. Frankly, the one thing that I really don't like about this movie is that they kind of sideline her for the Samoa stuff. Mm-hmm. I wish that she was as involved in that as she is in the rest of the movie. But otherwise, I just think she's awesome, and I love that she feels so much like she belongs with these two 
huge heavy hitters of like charisma yep. you know what i mean we've talked about before about how impressive it is how like fully formed she just kind of appears yes like going back to what you're saying before about hobbs kind of seeing like, i don't remember what word you used uh his evolution is like really clumsy i think yeah because like he starts out as like 100 percent all business and the hobbs yep. that we have in five is not even the hobbs that we have in six let alone seven eight or this movie like he's right. grown right. he's changed he's become a yeah, character he evolves for become sure. a little sillier become a father figure a literal yep. father and whatever Hattie just shows up here. You're like, oh, I understand. I get who she is. Yeah, and it's yeah. a little bit because of like the Shaw history that we have, and like we know Queenie, and we know Dex, and we know mm-hmm. like their interactions and her talking about. But like even before we know who Hattie is, just seeing her on the helicopter, you're like, oh, this, I, this, she's a badass. She's and a badass. Yeah, she's beautiful, and like all this stuff, and you, you kind of bring in like if you've seen Mission Impossible Fallout, you bring yes. in a little bit of that. If yep. you've seen The Crown, you bring in a little bit of that, and she just comes on screen in a way that is so impressive I feel like it's rare in this franchise for a character to be like Giselle didn't have a name for two movies like <laughs> I know. Yeah, like she's a great character that they're yes. just like yeah whatever we don't need to give her a name and it's yeah. crazy to me how the series has like not always treated all its characters great but like how well they do with Hattie from the jump I agree like people often credit the series with being kind of a turning point in the history of blockbusters because it's such a, you know, multi-dimensional cast. You know, you've got people yep. from all over the world in this cast. It's sort of proof, you know, also they make a ton of money probably because of that because so many people are represented by the cast of this movie, right? We Which always is great. say that, yep. But they also get a lot of credit for their women and I've always thought that's a little strange. I think as the series goes on, they realize that the women are important and they yes. do get better about giving them stuff to do and treating them with a little more respect, especially Seven, I think, really levels up in that regard. I agree with you that it's like, in the grand scheme of these, the women are often kind of forgotten, as they often are in blockbuster movies. And this one is one of the only ones where we are presented with like a new female character that is not just like a sex symbol or just there to be a target for some of the men. She goes toe-to-toe with these guys and feels like she's the third lead of the movie. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I don't know that there's been another one of these movies where it feels like there's a female character. Well, maybe Cypher, but she's like the villain. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. And it also, that makes it super disappointing for me that like you guys were saying and how like she gets kind of cut out. In the same sense, I feel terrible that we don't get enough Madam M in this, right? That's yeah. who I want to see a lot more of, too. I feel like that's kind of like a teaser for, like, a future. Like, we I we, still, we don't yeah. know if, definitively, if it's happening, but they have the all-female spinoff that they've been talking about. Right. They have the inevitable Hobbs and Shaw, too, which I think they've greenlit since we talked about this last. Like, we, we know yeah. there's going to be more of this world, and it feels mm-hmm. like Madam M is kind of like a well, they need to get things here somewhere, right? And, like, we just go, we're going to introduce this, like, beautiful, badass, mysterious character. She's got this history with Dex. We're going to let her do her thing. Maybe we'll bring in Timothy Chalamet next movie. Who knows? I hope to God we bring in Timothy Chalamet. Because now that Isa and Timothy Chalamet are How in a relationship, How many times have I said that on this podcast? Oh, I was going to say, where, where are you guys getting this from? Oh, that oh makes yeah, sense. no, they just did. Uh, this week, as we're recording it, news <laughs> broke that they are in a relationship. Which what happened? Like, he just turned eighteen or something? No, he's. I, yeah. I looked up their ages. Dude. She's she's thirty and he's twenty four. So it's not wildly different, but it's still like all right. Yeah. Whatever we like talk about casting p- new people in this movie, like in the franchise in the Fast Verse, I always like try 
try to add in Timothy Chalamet, and Joey doesn't understand why. <laughs> I don't really understand why, but like I just want to see like a really like serious Timothy Chalamet like just enter this franchise for some reason. Well, now the world it's, is just giving it to you. Yeah, I hope. So, yeah. Also, maybe this would allow Timothy to to shed some of that uh, seriousness, right? Like maybe this is where he comes out of his shell a little bit and gets a little gets a little strange, a little goofy. I want everybody. Yeah, I want angst. everyone in Hollywood in these movies. Like just oh, I agree. Stop everyone. Dan's pitch is that eventually we need to get to the point where we reveal that Stallone is Dom's father, is, is Mr. Toretto. We have Toretto. a theory recently oh. is that Go we ahead. want Harrison Ford, but his character Bob Falfa from American Graffiti <laughs> to be Dom's father. Yeah, I love it. That's amazing. So yeah, love he's that. He's like a rambler that. that was like racing around California and yep. just like fathered Dom. Well, and also it would finally explain why Dom talks the way he does because yeah. you know, Harrison Ford, he just talks like this. I'm a Harrison Ford. You watch A Star is Born, you're like, why is he doing a Sam Elliott impression? And then you find out that Sam Elliott plays his brother. You're like, oh, he's been... St- the spoilers, <laughs> I guess, for Star is Born. Sorry. Whatever. But, right, like, right. he's been stealing everything about his brother the entire time. And it's like, right. oh, that's really fucked up. And right, so, like, right. here, you're like, why is... Why does Dom talk like that? Oh, have you guys talked about the scene from? I have to imagine you have. You've seen these so many times because it, it didn't totally hit my ears the right way until like the third time I saw it. I think it's in Fast Five. Dom and Brian are like out on the porch of a house and they start talking about their dads. And Dom goes, "I remember everything about my father." <laughs> Have you guys talked about that specific delivery? It's the craziest thing in the entire no, franchise. No, not about the delivery. We've talked about that scene and about oh, how... Oh, sure. Okay, yeah. go on, either put your Blu-ray in or go to YouTube <laughs> as soon as we're done. Just play just that part on a loop, just a couple of times, <laughs> and you'll hear it. He goes, I remember everything about my father. <laughs> he says father so fucking crazy. It's so funny. I remember everything about my father. I remember everything about my father. My father. My father. I always get hung up on on the too fast line readings because, like, I always think Brian does like some of the worst deliveries of any of the Fast and oh, Furious yeah. movies in Too Fast. Like, like they had to like ADR a bunch of it over that you obviously see, but like some of the deliveries, he was just like, "I don't want to be here," you know? Like, <laughs> he just like gives it like the most bland. Like, I'm just reading the lines, bro. Like, that's what you're going to get from me today. Yeah, I mean, actually, one of the trajectories that I kind of love over the course of the Fast and Furious movies watching them is Paul Walker improve as an actor. Yeah. I, I actually think he he's one of the ones that most evidently, like, becomes a better actor as the series goes on. And, like, gets back into, like, being like, oh, okay, like, these are my bread and butter, and these are fun, right? right. Like, yep. he definitely hits a point where he's like, okay, I did the first one, I'm going to be serious, and then, like, goes through the evolution of, like, I don't want to be doing these to be yeah. like, okay, like, I'm, I'm in it. Like, we're yeah. good now. We were talking about something before. What were we talking about before? I was kind of going through my, like, Hobbs and Shaw. Well, I like it because of all the charisma of the leads and stuff, but I kind of dislike it because it doesn't feel that much like a Fast and Furious movie. The second half, when they get to Samoa, is what starts to feel like a Fast and Furious movie. That's where we get family. Family finally becomes a big part of this movie. Cars. I mean, there's hardly cars in this movie up until that point. Sure. A little bit. It's, it's not like they're devoid of it, but there's hardly any good car sequences until you get to that finale. And then even the stuff with, like, uh, we got rid of all the guns, so all we have are these hand-to-hand combat weapons, so that means we've got to now design, like, we've got to, you know, now this has to become Swiss Family Robinson, we have to turn the island into a trap, you know? Like, (laughs) that feels like Fast and Furious to me. That's the kind of melodrama that feels like comes with a Fast and Furious movie, where it's a kind of tongue-in-cheek, it is played for laughs, but... 
there's still stakes to it. I like that vibe, like you were saying, with the, like, bring the natural weapons that they had in yeah. and you set it up, like, 300 and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right. Like, that, that does feel parts of that it makes it a Fast and the Furious movie. I do think the second half does play more Fast and the Furious, but, like, in an interesting way, the first half kind of plays, like, what a modern Fast and the Furious is like, and the second half kind of plays more like the family, like, the overall, the overture of, like, mm-hmm. what a Fast and the Furious is. I have two comparisons I can make. I think the first half feels like the trailer for a Fast and Furious movie, where it's just okay. all the cool, fun, funny shit, you know? Yes, yeah, And the yeah, yeah. second half feels like what fans of the series know it to really be. The sort of melodramatic, kind of weirder, a little goofier, like... Now, the other thing I will say when I watch it this time, and I this probably is not this doesn't speak well of this movie necessarily but i don't know if you guys have seen triple x return of xander of cage i haven't i've seen no triple x oh i'm saving them for I've, this i haven't seen the first this. two but this third one is a beautiful movie i'm i'm in the exact same boat i did not see the first two i don't think i ever plan on seeing the first two the third one is a mind-blowingly good terrible movie yeah yeah, yeah. it's a real pile <sighs> right of shit alley. but it's so entertaining and here's the thing the reason it's so good is Vin Diesel was like, yeah, I mean, I've made eight of these Fast and Furious movies, and by the fifth one, we figured out the formula. Let's just apply that formula to another one of my characters. Yep. They basically made a Fast and Furious yeah. sequel and just called it Triple X. Interesting. Okay. And that's why it works. It it has it very much feels of a piece with the Fast and Furious movies, and that's why it works. Joe, just so you know, and you're going to forget about this because you just in one ear and out the other, but the opening yeah. scene is him literally skiing down a jungled mountain to fix cable in time to watch a soccer game on TV. But oh, it's like that's an right up my alley. Where he's got skis on, or he like makes skis, he fashions skis to go down a mountain through a jungle to fix a cable line so they can watch soccer as a town. It's yep. the greatest. And that's it's how awesome. the movie opens. Tony Colette is amazing in that movie and is doing what you wish now I can't think of her name, is doing a cipher. Every time I watch Fate of the Furious and Dom's on the plane, I'm like, where is the girl who is so thirsty for Vin Diesel? I'm like, right. oh, that's the other movie. Like, right. there's just a character in Triple X that is just like, she wants Vin's D <laughs> yeah. so bad. Yeah. And she's like 30 years younger than him, yeah. too. It's wild. It's so crazy how, like, it's literally a Fast and Furious movie. It's just, it's not Dom, it's Xander Cage, which is, right. again... Yes. A crazy name. And so now, to relate that back to this movie, as I was watching Hobbs and Shaw this time, I kind of realized that part of the reason this movie, I think, doesn't quite work as well as a Fast and Furious movie is they made a triple X movie. They took the Fast and Furious franchise and tried to apply some triple X to it. For instance, the Madam M character feels very much like one of the women that Vin Diesel goes to meet in Triple X Return of Xander Cage. There's like multiple scenes in that movie where he just arrives at random islands and women that he used to sleep with are like, oh, here's all this technology (laughs) that we're good at. You should use it. Yeah, make out with me and here's some gifts. So this is what I was saying before, I think, is that like I feel like the way that people make movies now, which has changed dramatically, even not let alone since the first movie, but like since like the fifth movie, like especially in the Marvel verse in the MCU era, I want to inject a cool character and if people like really connect with them, we will have an entire movie or we'll feature them more in a different movie. And so like I feel like Uh. Madam M is like maybe a character they don't have fully fleshed out yet, or maybe they do and they don't have a place for her in this movie, but they're like, okay. But instead of trying to sell you on a whole new character on a like, oh my god, 
we need more of her. And so maybe they have in their mind the all-female spinoff. Maybe they're going to incorporate right. her. Maybe in Hobbs and Shaw 2, she's more involved because she's got the history with Dex. Like, who right. knows? But I feel like it's one of those things where it's like, do you like her? Do you want more of her? Like, we can do it because that's what we do now. That's how we make movies now, which is not right. a bad thing because I love no. her and I want more of her. I know what you mean. It does feel like they're sort of, they're literally like screen testing her for like, well, listen, it's pretty obvious that The Rock and Vanessa Kirby are going to have to have a thing over the course of this little yep. side series. So we've got to give Statham somebody to have as well. So here's here's a little oh. teaser for is she going to work out or that's you know, a very we, interesting yeah. point. You're you're saying she's the counterpart to yeah. Vanessa Kirby's be, love affair with The right. Rock that they need to balance it and give him a woman too. So it's going to be her. These are American blockbuster movies. Uh, I mean, it's like you, right. you can't have men and women on the screen together if they're not going to fuck. Unfortunately, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah, you're right. I actually think that Vanessa Kirby and The Rock, despite I think probably a decent age difference themselves are kind of cute together in this movie and it makes a little bit of sense to me when they finally do get like kind of together and I like that the movie doesn't give them like a big together together it's more of just like uh, you know I still just because I wish one fucking movie would not have the main characters fall in love it, like I, every time it gets to that scene I'm like oh come on do we have to do this we see it coming the whole time and you're yeah. like please don't do this please don't do this you're like yeah. okay it's cute but like <laughs> yeah, yeah. stop yeah. yeah here's the thing this movie's too long right we, yep. we kind of agree that like it's <laughs> Maybe two movies crammed into one or whatever. Mm-hmm. I genuinely think that one of the problems with this movie is that they try to play to some of the melodrama of the series throughout. And that's kind of every time it sort of screeches to a halt a little bit. I kind of think some of that stuff doesn't work. And that actually the, I mean, this movie is clearly modeled after Tango and Cash. If they had just cut most of the melodrama and kept it a really tight, 90-minute buddy comedy about these two guys, right? I think when you get to the finale where what they have to learn is that if they punch together... An hour and 45 minutes into the movie, they're like, hey, if we work together, we can win. I was like, oh boy. That scene, in and of itself, in a vacuum, right? That scene where they learn they have to punch together to beat the bad guy, and that's how they'll defeat him, is pure, perfect Fast and Furious. That is melodrama in the Fast and Furious universe. Two brutish men not realizing that if they just worked together and were a family, they could defeat the... Like, that is such pure, good Fast and Furious melodrama. But I think in this movie, it doesn't actually play that way. It takes so long to get there... And there are not enough reminders along the way that that's actually the crux of this movie, that these two guys just can't get along. I think if you cut it down to a 90-minute buddy comedy that ends with that scene, that scene would be hilarious. And it would work as like the kind of melodrama that we find both compelling but also funny in the way that we like mm-hmm. Fast and Furious movies. Does that kind of make sense, what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, yeah you're saying, like, it cut out, like, the scene where, like, they both go through two separate hallways <laughs> right, to, like, right. reestablish this. Like, right. you know, you tone down the, like, them arguing with each other, like, he's an asshole, I won't work with him, those right. kind of things. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I like it. If you focus the movie more on that is actually the plot of the movie, that these two guys just can't get along, then you get to the point where they have to learn to punch together, and that's fucking really funny, actually, and a pretty effective ending. But I I think the way it is now, it's just like there's too much padding elsewhere and it doesn't quite work. I think what's weird about this movie is that it's also deceptively long. Like I messaged both yes. of you because I was running a little bit late and I'm like, I'm not going to be able to finish in time. I need an extra 15 minutes. The movie ends at two hours and then the runtime is 216 because there's like mm-hmm. a weird four or five minute like kind of montage during the credits and there's like mm-hmm. three credit scenes. Oh my but God, the movie so many after credits. Is 
two hours and it's yeah. like i think it's right before they learn to punch together i'm like there's still like half an hour of this i'm like there's there's not half an hour of this movie and there's not there's like 15 yeah, minutes we're almost done yeah but i was like how is there like how are you like an hour 42 into a 216 movie like this is crazy yeah and yeah. it's a weirdly paced i think i feel like this is also another one that another kind of convention of modern movies people give the return of the king shit for having like six endings like yeah. it feels like this movie doesn't know how or when to end i agree and, with that I don't know if that's, again, the contractual, structural, like, one of them can't get punched more than the other, one of them can't say fuck, and the other one can't, like, that's what I say yeah. together. I don't know if, like, they're like, well, we gotta make both happy, so, like, how do we have an ending where, like, it's fun, but it's also, like, as opposed to every other movie that has a definitive, like, cut to credits, like, cut to a cool song, we're out. <laughs> this is just, like, hey, like, let's just have the camera, like, zoom out as they're joking about things. It's like, oh. But I think that this plays to Garrett's point, which is, like, it's not two movies. It's, like, one and a half movies, right? Like, you get the first movie, and then when they try to attach the back end of it, then they're like, where do we end this movie? And it kind of just, like, cuts. I think that there's a pretty definitive point where you realize this movie doesn't have an ending or know quite how to end. When they are on the plane to Samoa, that is such a weird and long sequence in this already long movie. What, the Kevin Hart part? No, not the Kevin Hart part. The, the, are you talking about that plane scene? Yeah, or like, yeah, 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 yes, yes, okay. yes. And, and and not specifically his scene necessarily is not like the problem with that. I think that whole sequence is like too long. I don't even think the jokes of like the costumes they have to wear are that good since eventually they're not in them anyway. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it just like that, all of that feels, to me, that whole sequence feels like we made one movie. We've got this whole Samoa movie that we kind of have to make because The Rock wants us to. And we have to figure out how to thread them together. Somebody call Kevin Hart. We need to invent a 20-minute <laughs> sequence that gets us from one movie to the other. That yeah. sequence feels to me like it was not scripted, like it was just kind of made in the fray as they were realizing we don't know how to connect all of the scenes that we filmed for this movie. That's how it feels. I don't know that that's true, but... Makes sense. It's like a weird interlude or something. Yeah. And I mean, even the Ryan Reynolds stuff feels a little bit tacked on. It feel, there, There's definitely it some does. sequences in this movie that feel just a little bit like we don't exactly know what we're doing, uh, so we hired some people we like to kind of come right. in and flesh we've, out some good jokes. You we've know? talked about that before. People have written in about that before. It's like very clearly Ryan Reynolds is like, you got two days of my time. I'm in one location, make it work. And they're like, yeah. okay, like, why is he at the restaurant when he shouldn't be at the restaurant? He's like, oh, it's weird. It's, it's weird that there's nobody here. It's like, well, yeah, because he's not going to go somewhere else. And they're like, okay, everybody out. Like, we'll <laughs> yeah. be setting yep. for a shot too. Like, it just, it's the same people that everybody love, even if they're not, like, they didn't announce that Ryan Reynolds was in it. They did right. not announce that Kevin Hart was in it. Like, Kevin Hart was even a surprise to us. Yeah. yeah. We were always checking, like, rumor sites just in case to see. Uh-huh. Like, people were saying, oh, maybe Keanu's in this or whatever. Like, right, right. we had no idea that Kevin Hart, like, I remember Joe and I, like, we freaked out. We're like, oh, and like, I'm not even Fuck a huge yeah. Kevin Hart fan, but just like this, like surprise of this yeah. like A-list megastar. It's like, how well, did he get in the movie and no one knew? Frankly, I mean, I I think your explanation for both of them is just the pedigree of this movie, right? So David Leitch directed this one, and he is who directed Deadpool two. Mm-hmm. So that's how you end up with Ryan Reynolds. Yep. Cle- clearly, sense. those guys got along and they liked working together. And Leitch probably knew, like, and I guess that's also how you get Rob Delaney too. Absolutely, and, and I think it's probably I would guess that it's like Leitch agreeing to make that already has a start and finish date and needs to be in theaters at this time. Go, go, go. 
and him being like, all right, well, the, let's get Ryan. I need to call in a favor to like make something work here. And then with Kevin Hart, you, that comes from The Rock, right? Yep, like they've, exactly. What, they've starred in like three movies together or something, right? They're buds for sure. Either these guys are like doing favors for their friends or more like their friends are coming to do them a favor in a movie where, I, to me, this movie really does distinctly have the feel of a movie that a little bit got away from the people that were making it or was never quite there before they started making it. It definitely feels like they were like, okay, we're going to do a Fast and the Furious movie. And everybody's like, easy. And then they like got into it, and they were like, "Well, what are we actually gonna do, right?" <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I do. I, it has that distinct feeling to me. I think, and I think so. That's how you end up with people like that in weird scenes, like they're in, because it's really just people coming in to do a favor and try and beef up the movie. You know? Yeah. Now I will say that I have loved this movie since the first time I saw it. I was like, "This is so much fun. I love it." I, I never love got this criticism. Movie. I will say though, today. This is the least I've ever liked this movie. Talking about it or watching it? Watching it. I mean, the conversation, this is an A-plus conversation, of course. I, mean, <laughs> I love this. I love everything about this. When we suss out, like, the negatives of it, you know what I mean? Like, now we've had it stand, no, 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 even, even before, we're talking like, about the negatives. Okay. Me coming into this conversation, I like this less than ever before, and I think that is directly correlated with me liking eight more than ever before. Like, mm, I feel like knowing that Cypher is coming back and all of our problems and gripes that we had with eight were like, Cypher just leaves, like, she just jumps jumps out of plane we don't know <laughs> she's coming back we don't is know she where dead? is she alive whatever like, exactly yeah. you know like owen just shows back up we're like where was he it doesn't matter he's there <laughs> yep. for the baby whatever all these issues that we had with eight i feel like the fact that cypher's coming back in nine we're like cool eight is setting up something and then by sort of liking eight way more than i ever did before this feels even less essential than it ever did before not that i didn't like it but i feel like i'm so hungry for like canon or main franchise stuff mm-hmm. like drama and like mm-hmm. accelerating toward this end game where it's like i don't know what we're doing here and it's not that i'm not having a good time because i again to your point garrett like i love both these leads i love hattie i love everything about like all these actors it's a fun movie, movie still yeah but it yep. feels like i I'd rather just give me nine. Like, I want nine. Yeah. I'm ready for, like, more of whatever. As opposed to this, where I'm just like, I'm having a great time, but it just it feels like, okay, like, enough of this. Like, I want to get back to the main meal, the main course. Let me say on something here, and it, by the way, this is coming from who just kind of tore this movie apart, right? Where it's like, I do, I like this movie. I think it's, like, fun and fun, funny, but it, it's not great as far as the franchise goes, I think. But I am very curious, and I'm sure you guys have hashed some of this out before on the show, so I apologize, but... I am very, very curious. I'm, I'm sure you guys have talked about who is the voice. Yes. 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 Do you, do you have a theory? It could go right. That could just be Cipher. That seems like a pretty easy. That bet, was my maybe. Yeah, that's, you know? that's my thinking. Yeah. Feels easy like a pretty bet. easy bet. Could be Han, maybe. And now We've we know that. Han is back, and so mm-hmm. maybe that makes some kind of sense. Maybe he got part of the same program Brixton did, and that's how he survived something like he. Oh, so you're saying Han was from? evil, but then he's like re-infiltrating the fan because that has that has other parts to it in the yeah. sense that if Han's back and he's with the family, so you think he might have been the voice, might be head of Etion, and then like re-infiltrates the family as like a, a double agent well, kind Well, so here's, of? A, here's a question for you, Garrett, and this is something that we have basically come to a... It's, it's rare that we like agree... I don't even know... Actually, I take this back. I don't know if we agree on this, but I feel like there is no universe in which... And I, want, I still want to get to your theory about 10. There's yeah. no universe in which... Hobbs and Shaw are not in 10. Like, if they're not 9, right. that's okay. I understand that. Right. But, like, I don't see a world in which this main franchise ends without these two sort of divergent paths coming back together. So, oh, agreed. Yeah, that, that was actually going to be my next point, which, and th- I guess I should clarify one thing, is that I, I don't have a pitch for 10. I'll actually give that to you now. I have a pitch for, like, sort of the, the, the legacy sequel series you could make. Okay, to okay, how you ke- How okay. you keep these movies going beyond 10. Okay, okay. Right? I think that maybe, maybe, what they're trying to 
to do because you know there's this whole thing about these back these these feuds that happen off uh, you know on the sets and stuff and the reason we have a Hobbs and Shaw movie is because The Rock and Vin Diesel don't get along yep. and all these stories right although my theory about that is that this is all manufactured they're actually getting oh, along dude, and they're just building up I am with you I'm that's literally about to play into what I'm about to okay, say because I am totally with you the rock is a wrestler he comes from a world of creating this kind of drama yep. in yep. order to fuel the product itself I think that Vin Diesel probably also gets that he's a way smarter creative than he gets credit for right yep. I think that it's possible all that stuff is manufactured and I think that realistically what they might be doing by creating the Divergent series is getting really really specific about there are two families that these movies are about. There are the Toretto's and there are the Shaw's. Mm -hmm. In a world where, frankly, I don't have a problem with Shaw becoming a member of the team because I love the, again, like the melodrama of the series. That feels like a soap opera to me that the bad guy could just kind of switch back and forth to becoming the good guy and blah, 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 right? I get everybody's thing about that. I get why people don't like that. I get the Justice for Han thing. And in a world where they are clearly listening to fans, they literally put justice in the trailer for Nine, Mm -hmm. right? I think that they realize that that is actually what they could build to is literally a war between two families. That Fast 10 could, because they're introducing, I believe, Dom's brother in 9, right? Yep. Yes. I, I yep, believe yeah. that's who, what's his name is playing? John, John Cena. Cena. Yep. I huh. think that, and, and Shaw already has a brother. I think that they are probably building to the Shaw versus Toretto sort of finale to the end series. Game. So the yeah. end game will be the yeah. Toretto's versus the Shaw's. That's that's my theory. Mm. And that and that, you know, Hobbs would bring his family along to fight alongside the Shaw family and that oh. uh, you know, I don't know who who would be on the side of of Dom's family, right? Like I guess like Mia and Brian's fa- you know, like Dom's family would be Dom's family. Now, how does it. how does like Cypher and all them fit in? Where do they fall or are they separate? I think that's a question for what exactly are they going to do with 9? Okay. Is 9 going to be about them defeating defeating Cypher and that somehow all building to this war between the families or does is Cypher somehow still woven in with all of it you know what I mean like yeah. is she actually a big bad or is she just part of the the stepping stones that get us to that that sort of finale because I think to your point in a way it shows like the nine the trailer for nine is showing that to some extent Cypher and Jacob Dom's brother, are on the same team on the same team so yes, maybe yeah. he turns her I think it's more likely that that Dom turns Jacob, Jacob, and Dom defeat Cypher. If it's going to be Toretto versus Shaw, and I'm wondering where Cypher falls, if Cypher is already on the side, even if it's a neutral third party, like Jacob's side, I think it's easier for her to fall on the side of Dom as opposed to Shaw. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like, uh, you know, what happened with uh, Dom's child and and, and now, don't they execute his his baby mama? Yes. Right? Yeah. Elena dies. Yeah. Yeah, Like, I, I don't know. Well, I'm saying that, and then I'm also the guy that's like, well, who cares that Shaw killed Han? He could be part of the family. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Also, okay, so here's a, here's another question for you then. So it feels like at the end of 8, when the Shaw brothers save baby Brian. Yeah. Still the dumb name, I think. It should be It should be Paul. Just call the baby Paul. Like, we oh know my God, I hate this Paul. argument. I don't understand why it would be named Paul. I, that is such a weird... Brian's not dead. The he just service. left. I know. I, I, I know. I understand that the thing of like naming your kid after somebody that's not dead is weird, but I definitely think it's weirder to name him after the actor that's playing the guy. Name him Vince then. Like, I mean, people would be like, who? What? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, frankly, on this point, is 9 going to turn out to also not actually be a sequel and somehow a prequel and that's why Han's alive? I have no idea. 
I, I think that I think that we started a, well we were always hoping for and I think that what's happening is that eight nine and ten are gonna be another trilogy yeah I think you're right I and that right. eight just felt so out of place and weird is because we had we didn't have nine and ten we didn't to have context it. right yeah 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 yep. so okay so at the end of eight when the Shaw brothers rescue baby Brian and they bring him to the family and it seems like all is good between him and like between Dom and 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 Dex and it feels like also if now in 9 the question this is another question that we're thinking and I'd love to have your thoughts on this yeah. at what point does Dom know Han is not dead because we see him in yeah, 6 yeah we talked about this no, yeah. 7 in 7 fly to Tokyo to quote unquote pick up Han's body right, right that's right, where right. we see Sean again whatever there's no body because Han is alive right and so right. at what point does Dom know that Han is alive who has he told if he knows before the end of eight that Han is alive? Why is like is that why he's okay with Shaw? But then why is he yes. against Shaw and Seven? Uh-huh. Other than there's just no internal consistency. Like why is he against Seven for like I guess it's just like he's defending himself because Shaw's coming after him for killing almost killing Owen, and it's not Dom is angry at Shaw for Han. It's just that Dex is angry at Dom. He's for playing Owen. defense. He's yeah. playing defense. Yeah. I think to some extent, frankly, my answer to a lot of these questions is like because uh, it's a soap opera. Yeah. Not because there's any actual internal logic to it. Right, like, because really, where most arguments about Shaw fall apart is like, even within the context of the movies, right? They keep trying to tell us from in eight and in Hobbs and Shaw that, like, yeah, you know, actually, he's not even that bad a guy. Like, he was sort of forced by his government to like, he, and he's do playing these family. Things. He, no, but yeah, he's right? playing. The argument that I make with Joey is that he's always playing the same character that Dom is. He's just getting vengeance for what happened to his family. Sure. Yes. Yes. But we also, in the beginning of seven, see that he burns a whole fucking hospital to the ground just like over what happened to his brother like the 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 way the series has now tried to convince us that like nah nah he's actually he's like not that bad he was forced to do most of the bad things he did we also saw him literally burn a hospital to the ground just because he was mad about his brother you know what i mean it's like it is pretty tough to sometimes reconcile the way these movies want us to feel about the evolution of these characters which is why i'm very comfortable just going like yeah fucking soap opera do it i don't care now he's good go It's more fun that way, so let's do it. It is, yeah. Now, I mean, maybe now is your time. What is your idea? How do we continue the legacy? We've toyed with, like, having the children. I don't know if it plays in, like, with the children of, you know, like, baby Brian and baby Nico and everything, but, like... That's my my big pitch. My pitch is the Sons of the Furious, which I think that title alone is a billion-dollar franchise. Like Sons of Anarchy, Sons of the Furious. Call it Sons of the Furious. And I think the idea, my, my, I, frankly, I pitched this so many years ago when I like initially wrote it that I don't even remember all the details. But the basic idea is that you've got a baby Brian now, right? Yep. And you've got, uh, you've got Jack as well, right? Jack is, uh, is Brian's son. Do I, yep. do I have that name yes. right? Mm-hmm. And I, I guess Jack would be what, like five or six years older than Brian, if I understand the timeline correctly? Does that feel right? Not, or... That feels right. That feels right, yeah. There's the other baby, too. Right, yes, that's right. They had two that kids. Maybe it's named Giselle TBD. Right, 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 right. Yeah, because me is pregnant in seven with seven. an awkward phone conversation. Right, right, yes. Uh, yeah, where they like restructured a bunch of footage from a different movie into that movie. Yeah. yeah. I think probably what you have is basically a movie that's about these two boys who are estranged from their fathers because Brian is still alive in this universe, right? So you've got these two boys that are estranged from their fathers because their fathers are these kind of internationally known criminals, basically, right? I would assume by the time we get to whatever Sons of the Furious is about, 
our series has the sun has set on our series and these guys as much as they're heroes to us are probably known to the world as like crazy international criminals right for sure as far as the world knows they have mostly just been involved with like terroristic attacks basically they're like top 10 most wanted in the universe yeah yeah exactly so you've got these kids that are like estranged from their fathers i think my concept at the time because i think i wrote this right after seeing eight i don't know somehow cypher would be involved in like basically tricking these kids these two boys into like helping her with some kind of crime that ultimately they realize very quickly they've gotten in too deep they should not be doing what they're doing basically have to go to their father's friends for help and so you end up bringing back uh, people like Tyrese and people you know what I mean like, like you older get, yes they're yes, like the yes. sages they like come yes. to them like what would you do in this situation type thing yes they kind of go back to some of our legacy characters to ask for help eventually I think you build to where you get a cameo from Vin Diesel or something right like eventually it at least the one living father has to has to come back and be in the movie. But now here's my big pitch, okay? So that that's the basics of the story. Is well, that also okay. just real quick? There's another baby in this franchise. We have Vince's baby, Nico, too. Like Nico could. Oh yeah, and he. So, too. but but you needed to form the new crew and the new family, correct? Right. So like eventually they pick up Nico, and you're like, oh shit, that's Vince's kid. You know, like, I even and, think you there's a place to go. Like, oh, Han and Giselle actually had a kid that we don't know oof. about, and well, like Giselle's he's not also dead. we haven't the, seen a body. Giselle's still alive. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Right. So like I think. There's room to do that to go like, yeah, actually, a lot of our characters have kids and they all end up their own family. Right. But here's my actual big pitch for the movie. So, like, I I think those basics for a story are pretty good. I do think you could sell like a pretty good legacy sequel series on that idea. But here's my big pitch, which is everybody's always talking about, like, how big do you go with these movies? Obviously, they have to go to space eventually. They got to go to space. Must go to space. I don't think we're going to get there in the the series proper but i think that's the perfect place to go if you are going to continue beyond the series proper because like let's face it if we're going to continue beyond the series proper what are we even doing like let's go nuts right like why even do it if we're not i genuinely think one of the smartest things they could do with a fast and furious legacy sequel is straight up remake star wars a new hope with fast and furious characters oh my god and i think i think you could do it without it having to be like a crazy science fiction movie I think within the context of this universe, you could straight up say that Cypher has built some sort of satellite that is like flying Death around star. the world, yeah. right? That she can use that is, yes, the shape of a Death Star that is like a big circle. And I think that you could have the characters have to like, literally there could be a cool action sequence where it's not a car, it's a rocket ship and they have to fly, you know, they have to leave the atmosphere to get there. But that once they're there, literally they have to, like, I don't know how to explain this, but like they, because I think the movie would do the same sort of mumbo jumbo I'm about to do. They've got to blah, blah, reroute the encryptors to (laughs) invert the gravity so that they can drive cars on the outside of the big dome satellite and literally do a trench run with cars in space. Oh, I love it. Right? Yeah. Why can't you do that? That actually makes sense in this universe in some (laughs) weird way. You can have somebody like Tej can be Uncle Ben. Yeah. I think you can actually parallel a ton of characters, right? Mm -hmm. Like, for instance, maybe if we don't go much further with the whole Etienne thing or whatever, maybe Brixton gets to be a Darth Vader character. Right. Like, oh yeah. You know, like you he actually do. kind of fits that 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 description already. You know, it's like I think there's actually a lot of fun to be had, and and honestly, would be one of the craziest fucking things in movie history that somebody straight up just remade Star Wars: A New Hope, but in the context of an entirely different <laughs> franchise <laughs> with like entirely different motivations, and uh, you know what I mean? If there's one franchise that could do it, this is the, the only, only one that makes one. sense. It's the only one. Like I guess the closest thing, like like Star Wars is. Of remake, kind of of the Hidden Fortress. Like there's, right. there's 
precedent for like taking a story and redoing it like seven samurai becomes magnificent seven or whatever Agreed. but like yep. never with an established franchise like we're just like hey all right, but we're hitting that point in time right <laughs> like yeah. we had enough yeah. time that, it, that has gone like literal time like yeah. you know 40 years yep. 30 years that you've gone by now that you're like hey we could actually do this in a new modern context. I bet if we looked it up, more time has passed between Star Wars and Fast and Furious than between Star Wars and Hidden Fortress. I bet if we looked it up, that's true. So Star Wars is 1977, so that was 24 years. Yeah. Hidden Fortress, so we had, the cutoff is 53, so let's see here. Hidden Fortress, 58, yeah. So, yeah. Damn. I, I think they should do it. I think Sons of the Fury, <laughs> I think the title itself sells the whole fucking thing. You make a billion dollars on the title, Sons of the Furious. You just need to cast it, right? I mean, well, yes, like, obviously yes. these actors aren't alive yet, right? Because they right, need to be, right, like, right. 18 or 20 at the time. The other thing that I kept thinking about is, like, you could kind it, it could also kind of, I think if it was going to have the tone of any of these movies, you'd maybe kind of give it the tone of Tokyo Drift, which was the most sort of young people Fast and Furious oh, yeah. movie. Yeah. I, I think you'd probably play somewhere in that ballpark. And you need it, and it needs to be almost like a kid's kind of PG-13-y kind yes. of movie to be like, oh, like, look, like, we rebooted it, so, like, this is shit that your dad liked, but, like, if you don't have any affinity to that, like, here we go, we start over, right. and you sell them A New Hope, which is just a great story, yes. right? Here's the PS2 resistance. It uh-huh. is, we do it in 2027, which is the 50th anniversary of Star Wars. We're sure. like, hey, we're back. Oh. They announce it on, while we're at the party, on 1327. Like, hey, franchise has been dormant for a couple of years. You oh thought we were done. God. We're back. And like, we are the it. announcement party for the new movie. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah, perfect, dude. Yeah. They come to us. They're like, hey, guys. For some reason, we make a billion dollars on every one of these movies, but we haven't made one in six years. Yeah. So we need Once, your I'm thinking help. like two or three years. Like, I'm thinking we see the next, so we see, you know, nine and ten in Hobbs and Shaw 2 and the female spinoff, and then they're like, we're going to pump the brakes for a second. We're not going <laughs> to do any more. It's like 2024, 2025, we're like, that's it. That's the last one. We're done. We gotta, we gotta go back to the drawing board. But then, secretly behind the scenes, they're up in actual and outer space. Like Tom Cruise's movie that shoots in outer space is uh-huh. so successful. They're like, okay, all movies now film in space. It's a James so, Cameron type thing. Yeah, like they're yeah. like, we just needed the four years to build the cameras yep, for right. it. And Justin Lin has a son that like just becomes old enough to become a director. But we know he has his daughter who's on the bus in Fast Five, right? So she can grow up and she yeah. can become a director. Oh yeah, yeah. we can have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, um, that was very terrible of me to not consider. Her she'd be being like probably a... nineteen or twenty. Yeah, sure, of course. And Sons of the Furious. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I also, by the way, I mean, you guys talked about this a little bit. I truly think like all of Hollywood should eventually somehow cross over into like all movies should be Fast and Furious movies and vice versa. With Tom Cruise going to space, if they're eventually going to get a Fast and Furious movie in space, like just leave Tom up there, put him in the movie. Come on! Oh yeah, let him be the villain. Let him be yeah. a, like the like a, a guy that they link up with yeah. and they need for something. I Hell agree yeah. with you. Is there a particular franchise that you would love more than any other to cross over into this franchise? Oh, actually, frankly, I, Dan and I talk about this all the time. I would actually love to see the Triple X movies cross over with the Fast and Furious movies, and for Dom to meet Xander Cage. Oh, so they're two different people. So it's not like an Italian job where, well, where Decker yeah. is. We've pitched Rob. Yeah, we've pitched both actually, and I think maybe the Deckard being revealed to be handsome Rob maybe swayed us away from it. Actually, turns out that Xander Cage is just Dominic Toretto. You know what I mean? Because that was one of our pitches at some point that it's just revealed that they're the same man. (laughs) Last lap, we had the Brian O'Connor slash Paul Walker lap, and so in between the Fast and Furious movies, we watched 
Paul Walker movies. Oh, yeah. And so every time we watch one of those movies, we're like, well, how could this character become be Brian? Brian? Or how would oh, Brian yeah. become this character? So, like, uh, how is this Brian somehow? Right. And so, like, you know, in Brick Mansions, he's a cop. And so, like, it just makes sense. But, like, you know, when we do, like, I don't like, it's not a stretch to say, like, Bloodshot is Dominic Toretto, that Xander Cage is Dominic Toretto. Like, it's all, right. like, they're all different kind of movies, but, like, they're all of a certain type, right? And I, th- I know it's not always, like, Groot is not necessarily Dominic Toretto, but, like, <laughs> yeah. it could be. I mean, if we watch right. Guardians of the Galaxy, like, how does Groot... And I think there... I don't remember. Somebody write in or we heard somewhere... Like, there was a theory about how Groot and Dominic Toretto were the same person or, like, they wanted... I don't know. Yeah, there's there's ideas out there is all I'm saying. No, I, I'm into it. And I, I truly... I, I That just makes sense to me that the, the... Just reveal that they're either the same character or two different characters in the same universe. Yeah. Somehow they, they, they feel of a piece. Yeah. Any other thoughts about Hobbs and Shaw before you play a couple games? I don't think so. I, I think I was able to exhaust all of my thoughts. I'm unpacking this whole A New Hope, new franchise <laughs> theory. I really enjoy it. I'm, I'm going to take that with us for a while. I'm, I'm really I love thinking it. on this one. I'm oh, I'm so glad. I'm, I'm glad that it was uh, what I promised it would be, right? It's good. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I like it. Okay, it's now time for you to find out which Fast and Furious character you are. Seven questions, six answers per question. This is describing you, who you are, how you see the world, how you see yourself. No wrong answers. Go with God. Okay. Go with the car gods, man. Okay. Got it. Question number one, how fast are you? NASCAR, roller coaster, Lamborghini Murcielago, Toyota Prius, Vespa, or Razor Scooter? Wow. Wow. Uh, God. Razor Scooter. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. Not very fast. Now, question number two, you know it's coming. How furious are you? The Hulk... (laughs) Kylo Ren, Christian Bale on that one movie set that one time, <laughs> Mel Gibson, Charlie Brown, or Jack McBrayer? Oh, man. I'll, I Has anyone ever said Mel Gibson, by the way? Has anybody ever actually gone so. like... I don't, I don't yeah, think yeah, that's I'm, an answer. Mel Gibson wasn't one of the answers? No, 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 no it is. I'm oh. saying I don't think we've ever gotten that as an answer. A so lot of people would? say the Hulk. Like this, They surprise us. The Hulk, I think, and Christian Bale are the two most common. Yeah, I mean, Christian Bale is kind of a funny answer just because that's like such a, a weird uh, moment of movie history. But like, you know... I can't imagine anybody ever chooses Mel Gibson. Nobody wants to like align with that guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, I don't know. Pro- actually, I guess my uh, probably because I do enjoy that answer so much. Uh, uh, Christian Bale. Okay. We're having a barbecue. How are you helping? Are you manning the grill, saying grace, kicking back with a beer, babysitting, being the entertainment? or sneaking a snack. Oh, wow. So many of those apply to me. But frankly, probably being the babysitter. I, okay. I, I feel like whenever I'm at the barbecue, I'm like the, uh, I don't know, I'm the, the funkle, the, the fun uncle, right? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. You've got time to kill. What are you doing? Are you grabbing a bite, working on your car, hanging with friends, drinking a beer, working out, or working on your computer? Probably drinking a beer. Okay. Are you married? I know you didn't mention your partner before. Are you married or are you not married? Not married. Okay. So now please describe your dream wedding. I'm never getting married. It's just me and my partner. It's us and our families. It's a backyard country affair. Everyone I know is there. I don't remember. <sighs> it's probably us and our families. Okay. Yeah. Congratulations, Garrett. You just won the lottery. What are you buying? Your own garage, a private plane. I'm gambling it all away. My childhood home, a fleet of cars, or a new life. Mm. Tough. Man. Tough. That is tough, actually. I think my own garage. Okay. Okay. Very cool. Last question. What is your drink of choice? Belgian ale, Corona, something fruity, water, 
whatever's cheapest or just whatever you're having. Like Joe's getting a drink, just yeah, get me whatever you're having. I feel so dumb saying this, but honestly, I lately I really have been enjoy I've been enjoying like a lot of hazy IPAs and stuff. I think something fruity. Nice. Joe, do you have any guesses on who he is? I'm gonna take a wild guess that it's Mia. It is Mia. Mia Toretto. Is it because of the babysitting answer? I think babysitting something fruity garage were probably it, is what tipped me off. Getting behind the scenes for a second, getting in the weeds for a second, I'm going to describe who you are and see if if this actually applies to you. I am a Mia, so I welcome you into the Mia club. Okay. The way that we have it, like, sometimes there are real spikes. Like, it's very, very easy to get Dom, because, like, if you're thinking about the questions and thinking about, like, how to describe Dom, like, you can get Dom pretty easily. Your distribution is kind of even. There's a bunch of characters that, like, you almost were. You only, by one point... You were very, very, very barely Mia over Brian. You were almost Whoa. Brian, but you edged out with a Mia. It was that last question that put you over. The oh, that's interesting. Fruity. Would any of the other answers have put me in Brian, or would they have corona. shifted me around further? Yeah. I, if you just pick Corona over... Whatever you're having would have put you there. Uh, whatever's cheapest would have put you there. Water would have put you there. So, like, all of the other answers would have put me there. That's I, yeah, funny. I think so. it, it was more like, oh, actually, if you had Belgian Ale, you would have been Mr. Nobody, which is another very common answer. Oh, so yeah, you're that's the, You're on the, the bridge of a yeah. few different ones. But here is Mia Toretto. Let's see if this sounds like who you are. Written by friend and patron, Wes Hampton. Family means everything to you, but people often mistake you for being meek or non-confrontational. You tend to take on a supporting role and let others handle the more exciting tasks because it's more important to you to know that someone is watching over everyone else than to seek glory for yourself. Even so, you're not afraid to jump into the fray when your family's on the line and you drive Drive like like the the wind wind blows. blows. Yeah, that's, yep, that's pretty accurate, I think. Cool. I'm into that. They're scary good. I yeah. think that they kind of nail it. Yeah. So you guys came up with this quiz yourself? This isn't just like an online quiz that so you're So there was like an online quiz or? that we were using that we did okay. not like. We're like, this yeah. is boring. We There's found this quiz outcomes. on Zimbio.com, yep. and it was like, a lot of the questions are from there, a lot of the answers are from there, but we were like, hey, we could do better than this. So we expanded yeah. on it. So you have some relics from the original quiz Also, what here. was weird about the original quiz was like, how fast you, how furious are you? And like, we didn't really know the reference references for some of the answers like people were like well what do you mean i'm like i don't know we didn't come up with a quiz so like now we have like a better basis <laughs> right, for right. it yeah yeah that makes sense so yeah so we are adding the five new characters so you know you have to come back at some point you have to take the new yes, quiz will. the new characters please oh, well i mean you know we we also hopefully will have a new fast and furious yes, for you please. to even uh, uh add some more characters from absolutely hopefully. well they at least have nine one will see it is a different question yeah yeah, yeah i mean I know, we'll, I we'll have to add jacob at some point right we'll have to yeah. add probably other people who knows i'm very hopeful that he's going to be like a fun addition to are we going to split han into two and it's going to be like revived han or original han we got to see how they play as character that's the other thing i'm curious about too because like i think chris morgan wrote hobbs and shaw right writer uh no he did write hobbs and shaw you're right he did not write yeah. nine that's right he he went this way. Right. Yes. He went yes. this way. And so that's interesting to me because he's had the keys to this franchise for a while. It's mm-hmm. a little weird to me that he went for the side stories and not the the main franchise. And that makes me curious about what 9 will be and where it'll build to. But I do think that you guys are right that 8 was kind of the beginning of something that he probably planned. So like I think 9 probably still will have at least his influence on it. Yeah. And anyway, what I'm curious about is if the Etion thing is actually meant to be like a larger part of the larger universe. That's what and we wonder. That's how we're going to get like a Han back. You yep. know what I mean? Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm very curious how much that's actually going to play into this movie or not. Oh, I totally forgot that the guy who wrote F9 wrote Kin, and I don't really like 
bashing any movie, but Kin is one of the worst movies I've seen in the last five years. And I so... have heard that, you know, Dan also didn't, like, strongly disliked Kin. He, like, watched Kin and had a very strong reaction to Kin it. was a movie that, I think I might have even said this before on this podcast when I remembered it the first time, is that, like, Kin was a movie I had never heard of, and then back when I was, you know, AMC A-list, and I was just checking what movies are new releases, it was in the Dolby Theater. And, like, the Dolby Theater is, like, always just, like, it's kind of the IMAX. It's, like, the big, yeah, the right. big releases. And I was like, Kin is in Dolby? I'm like, what, yeah. what is this movie? And it's, like, the sci-fi thing. I'm like, let me check that out. And, like, it was, like, 20 minutes in, I was like, I'm going to leave. And I stuck it out, and I'm like, you it left. doesn't get better. Oh, you almost no, no, left. No, I, oh, I wanted to leave. Yeah, it's not good. Wow, that's bad, dude. You I'm, watch a lot of shitty movies. I, I mean, know. like, not, like, you sit through a lot of movies, so. Is I've never walked out, I still never walked out of a movie. The closest I came was Kick-Ass 2. That's the closest I came to walking out of a movie. Yeah, I never even saw that. Is is Kin the movie with the, the kid with the neon gun? Yes. Yeah, I remember Dan saying, he was like, it's not even like it's particularly bad it's actually that it's like particularly just kind of like bland yeah and bland is the worst stinks. that's my least favorite kind of movie yeah. i agree and like it's an hour 40 like it's not overly long it just feels forever long right yeah yeah and also you know carrie coon is in it james franco's in it right. Zoe like, Kravitz is in it. like yeah. it's got great people just what do you do in movie next up this ain't no 10 second race aka boy, boy do we, do we have a podcast for you. So now, Garrett, I would like you to go on Twitter.com and find any tweet from anyone that you think when we reply to them from at Too Fast Too Forever by saying, boy, we have a podcast for you and linking them to our show page, they might like the podcast. So you'll get points if the person we tweet at likes the tweet, if they retweet the tweet, if they reply to it, or if they write into the show. So it's very, very difficult. This game is wildly difficult to play. While you look on Twitter.com for any tweet about really anything, usually about Fast and Furious, but it can be about anything, look on that, send it over to me, either Soul Popped or Too Fast, Too Forever. Look it over, send it to me. I'm going to review, Joe, we played on episode 100. Oh, we I did? Don't okay, cool. Think, I don't think we got any traction, but let's see here. So, okay. I already have a thought, but I want to find a good... Good one. And again, like it's it's wildly difficult for for almost yes. no reason. So I found first off, Amy Lopan at Amy Lopan said, "My BF has never seen a Fast and Furious movie. I should show him only the first one and the most recent one, so he can be all what the hell happened between those two movies." Yeah. So that's actually kind of a Garrett thing. It's just like I'll see the first one, I'll see the seventh True. one, we'll see what yeah. happens. And then I replied to everything is terrible at S A Caitlin. And they said, man, but you can't skip Tokyo Drift. And I said, boy, do we have a podcast for you. Nothing. Of course not. Why would they? Yeah, exactly. No points. Joe, you found the best Django ever. at Sweet Life Mullen. And this is the one that I was like, man, I was so mad that you got this. I jacked your steez, yeah. Fast and Furious could show 100 times in one day. I'll watch it every time. Boy, do we have a, a podcast, podcast for, for you. you. Nothing. So again, Garrett, there's no pressure because almost every time we play this game, we don't get anything. I got one. You know, I what I was trying to find, just so you guys know, do you guys know who Jen Yamato is? I know the name, but I don't remember who that I don't is. Know. No. Uh, she's a reviewer, and she loves uh, Fast and Furious movies. She's a big Justice for Han person on Twitter. Mm. Uh, she's great. And I was trying to find one of her Justice for Han tweets, but I, I, I can't. And I was going to try and get you to respond to it. So oh. I will, I'll try and find something just more active and recent. That was going to have to be me digging anyway. Mine is from FA2STAR at fave underscore J-U-E. It's a, it's a retweet, quote tweet. Somebody, Erin Lee, asks, if 2020 was a movie, what would it be? She replies, Fast and Furious and Star Wars. Oof. Boy. Boy, do, do we, we have uh-huh. a podcast for you. 
This episode specifically. I am about to message you a tweet. All right, Garrett, please hit us, read it, who it's from, and then send our, and then read what the tweet is. I think this says at Trangangdong. Something okay. like that. Yeah, I don't know how right? to say it either. Yep. Yeah. And the tweet is if straight people can have like 20 Fast and Furious movies, then the gays should be allowed to have at least 10 more Mamma Mia movies. Boy, <laughs> do we have a podcast for you. That's incredible. Oh, that's a good one. I love it. (laughs) That's incredible. Yeah, of course. I think, yeah, have 10 more Mamma Mia movies. I'm about it. Cher will be alive for all of them anyways, so. Can't believe I nailed that so hard. That's a good one, yeah. I hope they reply. They're going to be like, why the fuck did you send me that? I know. They're going to be like, this is literally not what I asked for. This is the opposite of what I asked for. The complete opposite. I don't want 100 episodes of a Fast and Furious podcast. I just want 10 more Mamma Mia's. God damn it. This might be a bot. I don't know. Even better. Hobbs and Shaw on Twitter, at Sewer Love. And it just says, this is from three hours ago, Han and Bow Wow will return in Avengers Endgame. Boy, (laughs) (laughs) Have a podcast for you. <laughs> That's a good one, too. I like that oh, one. wow. That feels like they gave AI a Twitter account, and they were like, here's uh, film Twitter for of the last, like, six years. Now yeah. start tweeting. That's kind of Joe's idea. It's like, how can we make these people think that a bot found them? But it's like, it's like weird. Like, why would they find this tweet? Of all the tweets on Twitter, why would they find yeah. this tweet to talk about? And they're not replying yeah. to, like, every Fast and the Furious tweet, right? right? And, like, we have real tweets. So, like, if you went to our Twitter page, you'd be like... How the fuck did they find me? It's like these three tweets are what they replied to like this. This is so strange. (laughs) Very, very weird. One more game, and I feel like maybe, maybe, based on how you described yourself before, you might be on Joe's team, but this is your choice. It's called Dude, What's My Car? And the thing behind this is that I know almost nothing about cars. I'm learning a little bit through the podcast, but I know almost nothing about cars. Joe knows a good, good amount about cars. People email in pictures of cars, and I describe them and try to get Joe to guess what they are based on my rudimentary descriptions. Oh, I'm going to be way more on your side of this, Joey. You want to help I, me give I have learned to love cars. I don't know shit about cars. Okay. So okay. what I'm going to do is I'm going to email you. I'm going to forward an email from someone. Let's see what the oldest one we have. Okay, this one is from Hector. So I'm going to send this to you. Okay. Subject line, Joe, good luck with this car pick number two. Oof. Says, sup, Joey's. Here's another car pick for y'all. My younger brother requested me to send it to y'all. Okay. This might be one of the craziest cars I've seen that's not ugly. Here it is. Got to go. Stay fast. Stay furious. Okay. It is a crazy car. I can tell you that much. We have first... Yeah, would you agree with his assessment that it's crazy but not ugly? I don't know that it's ugly. I don't know that it... <sighs> it's not my type of car. I don't like... I, I'm not into this style. I mean, yeah, it's not the Isetta. I can tell you that much. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> nice. It's like, if a, it's like if a third grader described a cool car. <laughs> okay. It's a cool car, but like there's weird stuff going on. I hope this is helpful. It feels to me like if you were talking to somebody in 1981 and asked them to describe a cool car from the future, they would describe this. Or it's like, okay, Okay. or even like more specifically in like same time period, pull someone walking out of the original Blade Runner and be like, okay, in 35 years, there's going to be a sequel. What does the car in that movie look like? Yeah. They might say this car. Okay. The color is kind of cobalty. I hope that helps. Okay. Yeah. The car kind of looks like a dragon. Like a dragon. Okay. Uh, the, yeah. the front is definitely face-like. It is Italian. Okay. It also kind of looks like a Batmobile. I was going to say that. I, th- I think especially if you're looking at it from the back. From the end, back, yes. It's got a it's got a real Batmobile feel. Actually, to here's it. here's maybe an even a more elaborate, more in-depth Batman dis- Batmobile description. From the front, it looks like a Christian Bale Batmobile. From uh-huh. the back, it looks like a '90s Batman Batmobile. Uh-huh. 
Uh-huh. Oh, I think I might know the make, but I don't know any of the models for that make. What's the make? Is it a Pagani? Nope. Hmm. I don't even know the difference between make and model. So make is like so like a Ford Focus. The, the make is Ford, and the model. Oh, is Focus. okay, got it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Got it, got it, got it. Oh, this is actually very, very cool. So this is I'm I'm, not, I'm still not giving you the answer, but it is a high performance limited edition lightweight track only car. Okay. Came out in like 2010 ish, which also tracks because it's like I think going back to what Garrett was saying before, it's like a futuristic car, but I don't think it's a futuristic car that we would describe as now. Like if, like no. you wouldn't make this car now as a futuristic car. I don't think. No, in fact this car i think today probably looks a little cheesy yeah and like dated yeah okay it's it's futuristic but dated and i think i can help you with the, just the make is is more popular than yes. you were thinking that's a dragony type feel so the inside there is nas in the passenger seat like in front yeah, of the passenger there's, seat there's yep. nas in it yep okay there's, there's a canister they're some kind showing of like, off a canister yeah. like on the like the where your feet would go from the passenger side so the interior is a lot of red the eyes of what I'm calling the dragon face are red. It's a very sleek, low-profile car, but it's also like wildly contoured. Like a, a lot of these kind of cars are very sleek, minimal, just like all very curvy lines. This is like curvy lines that are also Ooh. intercut with like jagged lines. Like it's a kind so of it's a, a Lamborghini. It is a Lamborghini. Yes. Yeah. I also I just noticed some things that I actually might know enough about to talk about that I don't Go know ahead. if these will be helpful. But so Please. so uh, he mentioned it. I it, I think he mentioned it can only it's a track car. Is that how you? Yeah. Yep. Track. So yeah. the mechanics, the steering block, all that stuff where you would normally have, you know, a normal car would have a clock and blah, 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 the console. This just has like three buttons. The yep. steering wheel has like four buttons on it. And then I think I'm right about what I'm looking at. This has those shifters. It's not like a shifter on the floor. It's like a... The paddle shifter? Yeah, you pull like a paddle on the wheel. On the wheel. Yeah, yep. mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, all the Italians swifted, shifted to these like paddle shifters. Like a little bit before this, like Ferrari okay. did it. They hit a point in F1 where their paddle shifters were faster than you could physically yeah, yeah, right. shift. It's ultimately better, right? So like you right. can't get faster than this. And then there was like a bunch of guys that were like, but we like a manual, so... They <laughs> wanted right. that okay so it's a lamborghini is it some kind of like special aventador or something no it's not an aventador i know the aventador because it's in like forza games but it's also in a Nicki minaj song i think yeah this is a, it's, it's a model that i've never heard of i don't know if it's a pop I, they might have only made one like i don't know if they made a bunch of these or not I, i'm not gonna get it if it's if it's like something weird like I this. See okay, let, me, I got lamborghini. let me look up on wiki let me see if i can get more the name is a reference to the atomic number of carbon in recognition of the car's extensive use of carbon fiber. Now, you're a scientist. Mm. Do you know carbon's atomic number? 16. You were close. Four. You're less close. <laughs> Eight. It's six. Six. That's right. Okay. Yeah, never mind. Wow, my good my good science came out there. I haven't looked at a periodic table in fucking years. Oh, they only made 20 of these. Between 2011 and 2012, it was assembled in Sant'Agata Bolognese. Uh, it's a track day car, two-door coupe mid-engine all-wheel drive. It's related, apparently, somehow to the R8 or the Lamborghini Gallardo. Okay. This is the Lamborghini Sesto Elemento. Which is Sesto the sixth, Elemento? Sixth the element. sixth element. Uh, that's Fifth cool. element is love. The sixth element is this car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So here, I'm going to put you on, on Facebook. I'm going to give the, the pictures. Send me it. I don't know what this is. I want to see it and see if I it recognize is in, it. It is in the Dark Knight, the, the Batmobile, or at least the car that Christian Bale has that 
that he has is a Lamborghini, I think, right? Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. And it has, like, the back of an Aventador, and it looks like, um, this is cool. This is really, really cool. Lamborghini Dark Knight. Oh, it's a brand new Lamborghini Aventador LP704. Yeah. He replaced the Mercia Laga, which he was driving in the Dark... Oh, in the Dark Knight Rises, it's an Aventador. In uh, Dark Knight, it was a Mercia Lago. Makes sense. Yep. It, it definitely looks like an Aventador a lot. Like, uh, this is definitely an inspiration. Doesn't, I think the, the, doesn't Aventador... the front kind of look like a dragon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I get it. the red or eyes, and then, like, the, the, the headlights, which I did not, are kind of like the cheeks that are going to flare red as it, as it breathes fire. Yeah, w- once you gave me the curvy, but also very jagged, like, that's a dead giveaway for Lamborghini. This is cool. Does it actually have, is that NOS there? Like, I guess that has to be the NOS. I don't know what else would be, seat. right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 I guess. It's very cool, though. I like it. So thank you, Hector. It's really cool. Thank you, Hector. Sorry I didn't get that one. But yeah, it looks like it looks like an Aventador, man. Well, Garrett, thank you so much for joining us. This was a blast. Thank you for this sharing so your your ideas about the Sons of the Furious. I won't yeah, forget please. that anytime soon. And all no. of the Hobbs and Shaw factoids. If people want to learn more about you, you have your own podcast. You've mentioned what you've written online before. Where can people find you if you want to be found online? Yeah, uh, so I'm on Twitter at Filmadelphia. It's with an F. I have a letterboxed.com uh, slash Filmadelphia. I review everything I watch there. Um, cool. And then I also write for Cinema76.com, uh, which I would encourage people to check out. We are currently, uh, the whole staff is writing about um, some of our favorite flops of the last uh, last 25 years. What have you written about? What have you personally yeah. written about? Uh, so I have not written any of these yet. My mine are upcoming, but I will be writing about Speed Racer, which may be of interest to people that listen to your show. Yes. Speed Racer is maybe one of the most underrated movies of the last two decades. So I'm very excited to write about it. Very Speed cool. Racer, I don't know if I've said this on this podcast or not. I've said it somewhere at some point, maybe on a podcast with Mike. I don't know. I've never seen the movie. I've only watched the cartoons like the originals. I never saw the movie until I was right before I moved back from Austin, the draft house was doing the entire Wachowski retrospective. Mm-hmm. I saw as many of their movies. I think I saw everything but bound in theaters. I think I just missed down, but I saw the rest. I had never seen Speed Racer before, and I was in a crowd filled with people who loved Speed Racer. Like This movie, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. most people I think hate, and I think wrongly so, but I was watching in a crowd filled with people like cheering during races i was like this rules like this is the best it's way the best I experience i love yeah. that movie like it is yeah. whenever we get to a modern car lap and we do have one planned we are definitely 100 percent covering speed racer because cool. man oh man it's wonderful and weird and like very over the top in a lot of ways but yeah. it's great the first time i saw i actually only saw it for the first time a couple of years ago and it really blew me away but like this is my genuine reaction to that movie the first time i saw it was like this is fucking disgusting <laughs> this is the most disgusting thing i have ever seen on the screen and i've now grown to just love absolutely everything about the way that that looks you know but when okay. you first see it you're just like who the how i don't even understand how they got jarring all, yeah you're just like i don't even know how they got all of this on the screen at once like how, how <laughs> what are my eyes supposed to look at <laughs> that's awesome yeah it's but it is it's truly wonderful it's like a, a really really it is the kind of hollywood family movie that they don't make anymore okay um, and okay. is is just a joy yeah oh and uh please check out my podcast i like to movie movie yes please and you're on and that's on twitter too right yeah i like two movie. it's numeric too very cool we can get down with that for sure yes yeah and uh, we gotta have so dan also likes these movies is that what you're saying dan Dan Scully loves the shit. I mean, he was the original like Fast and Furious lover. I think he he loves these fucking movies, and he would love to join you. Yeah. All right. So, Joe, on Friday, this Friday, new month, July, Friday the third, we are watching Ooh. It's a Mad 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 World. I'm excited. So very cool. We're kicking it yep. way old school, 1963, which might be the oldest. No wait, Two Lane Blacktop was from 50 something, right? Two that Lane Blacktop. That sounds right. I think that's 
58. I want to say maybe. I was saying 71. Wait, whoa. Maybe the car. The car is from the 50s. That's right. You're right. The car was from 58 or something. That's right. The main car. Yeah. I think this might be the oldest movie that we're doing. 1963. That's pretty old. I mean, a lot of the ones we've we've settled in the groove is 1970s, but here, 1963. It's a mad, 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 mad world. I've never seen this movie. Uh, Do you guys know that the movie Rat Race is based on this movie? No, but that makes. You mean I love Rat Race? Rachel and I got drunk and started rewatching it the other day. Like the Seth Green one. Yeah, I saw that in theaters when I was a kid. I loved oh, that I movie. I love Rat Race. It's so yeah. much fun. It's just so stupid. So yeah, I think it's... this is like, I again, no shade on Rat Race. I think this is like a good Rat Race kind of. Like right. It just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this movie is like one of the classic um, screwball comedies, yes. I think. Okay, cool. All I know about it is that like, what I said to you last episode, Joe, is that like, People have said, like, there's no way you can make this movie today. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. They did, baby, and they called it Rat Race. They called it Rat Race. But for all things Rat Race and all things Too Fast, Too Forever, you go to cageclub.me, facebook.com, slash Too Fast, Too Forever, or at Too Fast, Too Forever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family, at cageclub.me. Check out our Patreon page at TooFastTooForever.com. Remember, you get one pick per lap at that $10 a month tier if you, you want to pick three movies next year, so there's a lot to do there. Also, if you have not yet voted in the, and this also goes for you too, Garrett, if you want to vote in the Fast and Furious, Too Hall Fast, Too Forever Hall of Fame, go to cageclub.me slash bracket. Get your votes in. We're closing those up in a week or two-ish. Oh, damn. Okay, quick. Guys, if you don't think I voted on this the day you announced it, you're out of your goddamn mind. Oh, you might have been oh, one of the first perfect. people to vote. That's that's very true. Okay, very cool. Joey's trying to not read the votes, so he's yeah, I just like I like, see the response coming via email, and I just, I just see who it was, and I archive it, so like it's kind of in one ear out the other, or in one eye out the other, but I appreciate yes, it. So cageclub.me slash bracket. Do like Garrett, Civic Duty, vote for the Hall of Fame, and then vote for Joe Biden. Yeah, vote or die. <laughs> I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe, too. And that was Garrett Smith of I Like to Movie Movie. And we'll see you next time right here on Too Fast, Too Forever. Peace out, you, you anus. anus. Peace out.